Hi, I'm Neil Holman, producer and art director on Archer and writer and creator of Redline through Oni Press. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, because you're a smart person. Smooth sailing. There we go. We left you alone that time. Like we've done this a couple of times. I don't fuck around with my, my boo. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> time to drink, people, if you're playing the 11 o'clock comics drinking game. I called you boo earlier and you didn't even notice. You called me boo. What? <laughs> Wait. Badly? What? Don't, today? So you don't even notice. Why bother? I mean. Today? You said today? Did you say it today? Yeah, I said uh huh. Oh, well, you know what? I can't hear you, buddy. You, I mean, you, did, when you, you not put in your, uh, did you not put in your hearing aids? No. When, recording? Uh, here we go. By the way, my car still smells like fucking dirty rainwater. Dirty Pennsylvania rainwater. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I think I might need to get the whole thing reupholstered. Why not? Are you serious? Carpet. Just have it huh? detailed. Have it detailed. To clean it. It's in, in the... It's like in the fucking carpet in the back and they're foam like the in the seating. <laughs> it's gonna be like Seinfeld when you just try to get rid of your Poppy Pete. Like a five G hit. Oh my god. Oh Poppy Pete in the beamer. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. I didn't I didn't it's if, if I could turn back time like share, I would Cafe Fame. Oh wait. I don't know why you're peeking the meter, but you are. We have to keep an ear I'm on I'm peeking that. the meter because I'm going back and forth. I'm leaning forward to do something. I'm leaning back. Once we get going, I'll, I'll, I'll settle down. Right? You, do, you doing football stuff? <laughs> no, I'm not doing football stuff. I'm actually doing comic stuff. I'm scanning some things because I'm going to do a little Patreon-only Patreon post later. You're scanning. Bonus you're yes, sc- I'm scanning. <laughs> don't scan while we record. <laughs> I can handle all of it. No, no, it, no, it can't. We've been friends for nearly a decade. The only way my life exists is to multitask. That is the only way I can manage to live my life. Your processor hates you. Dude, my scanner has absolutely nothing to do with my computer right now. Oh, yes, it does. It's not. Dap, would you please tell him? Tell him. That the scanner is very processor dependent. I have a oh, absolutely. laptop. The scanner is low impact. It is no problem. Okay. Hey, everybody. 11 o'clock comics, episode 481. It's a special that one. Right? That's exactly right. It's a special one. You'll find out why after I tell you who I is because I am Vince B. Oh, that's who you is. Yes. I missed you, man. I am David A. Price. Well, you missed me. Yeah, it's been a long fucking week, bro. I know. It, no sucked. it, it, it sucked very I bad. I was a day short than a week, but yes, still. Because we were last Thursday, but yeah, no, it was it was I. It, the, even though even though we all well, Vince and I had the flea over the weekend, and and Decent. you know we had some we had some Patreon action happening, but it's uh it it's it's been a long weekend, and tonight especially, uh, I need my booze. Yeah, it, oh. ooh, look at that! It was hard making the transition from fantasy land to reality place. Whew. Yeah. So hard. Was. So hard. And who are you, young man? Well, I'm straight from Starling City. 
Don't call me freelancer, but you can call me Spartan because I'm John Thomas Diggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're Jason Wood, everybody in the house. And as usual, no transition required because this is just flat out truth. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your books for a fraction of the cover price. Now, if my calculations are correct, this is the last time you're going to be hearing this. So Mm -hmm. listen well, for you will save. From Valiant, Matt Kent, Renato Geddes, cover by Juan Jose Rip, publisher Valiant, it's Divinity number zero, a four-issue miniseries that will tiptoe you through the Valiant universe. Yes. If you are not on the down low with the with the valiant universe, whatever you say, this is this will be your um, your crash course, so to speak. Cover price three ninety nine. Your price one dollar ninety nine cent. Mm. From IDW to taste that tastes very great together. It's Donald and Mickey, forty uh, eight page giant issue. They're all going to be 48 pages, I'm assuming, for $5.99. But that's not what you're going to pay. You're going to pay $2.99, half off. And the red-hot rocker himself, Daniel Warren Johnson, over at Image is releasing the very first Extremity Collected Edition. This is Trade Paperback Volume 1, subtitled Artist Collects Extremity Numbers 1 to 6. And before I forget, uh, props to DWJ because there are a lot of times where we'll see a trade that the first collection solicited, which usually means the title, the the book is off for a month so the creative team can can catch up and work on the next arc. But the, the next issue of Extremity is also solicited in the previews as well as the first collection. So my man is is double timing it and I love it. You may be able to get the trade and the first issue in the same box, right? That's pretty awesome. That is the trade and the seventh issue, sorry, not the first issue, obviously. Uh so cover price, sixteen ninety nine. Do the math. Six issues, sixteen ninety nine cover price. Not too shabby. But because you're smart Discount Comic Book Service is offering it for half that. $8.49. That's awesome. They're awesome. You get your books, get them delivered fast, right to your house. You don't have to do anything except have somebody go to the door and get them for you when they come. That's it. And you save massively. DCBService.com. I should echo my voice at the end of that. Dot com, com, com. There you go. Cool. Very. Drinking. So, so, so dope. What are we? Why don't you go first, Vince? Of course, I will. Diet soda. Boom. Mm. What kind of soda? Diet Pepsi. Play it up, man. I'm drinking Diet massage Pepsi. It. I kind of massage it. It's it's caffeine and, and sugar. Well, How's not even sugar. Oh, it's that. delicious. I love the bubbles when they go down my throat. Now, is this Diet Pepsi with Splenda? NutraSweet, or do we tell we do the new Truvia stuff? The, I don't know stevia, what whatever. It is. It's oh, the stevia, thing. yeah. It's I eat stevia leaves right off the plant. I find stevia to be horrific. 
Really? I, I find yeah. most most sweeteners that basically aren't sugar, whether it's sugar in the raw or the really bad for you white cane sugar, anything that isn't that, I I, I taste it and I just I cannot get past it. Are you kidding? Oh, me? I like Splenda. I live on Splenda, but I know stevia is the shit. I yeah. I grab hunks of those leaves and just chew Chewy them up. Chewy cheese, own baby. I Although uh, Panera has this. Uh, Oh, just frozen uh, agave lemonade, um, which they don't—they're not using sugar or any artificial sweeteners other than um, the agave, and that is really good. I don't go to the Pantera bread much. <laughs> Nina <laughs> says Nina says their macaroni and cheese is to die for. It is. It is fantastic. Unfortunately, uh, and I love it. I. I. It's. It's a vice. I'll. I'll go to town on that. But I did see them one time open up, microwave a a single serving bag of it, and then dump the bag into the um, no the, the the crock to, oh. to get to the customer. So yeah, that's, I was like, motherfucker, why is that bad? How else? Because gonna- it's not. I'm not expecting them to you know prepare like, like like you know shave off some fucking cheddar cheese and 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 melt it over some some boiled noodles. Oh, but you I mean because it's I like want to see fast you know food. prepackaged shit microwave. Yes, yes ah, exactly. I got you. I got you. Okay. That's hey, you're, Jason. You're paying for it. You can expect what you want, right? Oh yeah, you can expect a lot. It's true. No coffee. Well, I uh, I am not pussing it. Okay, we'll see. Because we got some flavor. We'll see. I got the flavor. Mm-hmm. I got the good flavor. Yep. I'm drinking Encore Heritage Vineyards 2013 Vintage Cabernet Sauvignon nice. Limited Edition. I don't, I don't have any red, or I would be drinking it. We have like 10 bottles of white. I don't even want to look at it. Uh, no, oh, white's the woat. Applauding four generations of family heritage, by the way. Ooh. It says in the bottle. Oh, must nice. be true if it says it on the bottle. Right? All right. So we're all, Italians know how to make some one. They do. They, they're, they're, as, a, as a race, they're pretty dumb, but they do know how to make one. <laughs> all right. So all the pleasantries are taken care of. We have no thank yous. No, not really, but okay. No, do That's we? That's cool. I, well, you don't want to know what I'm drinking. That's oh, why. I'm sorry. I thought you said oh, macaroni and cheese. What? What? What are, <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, my man Dap, whom I love so uh, much? I uh, and would never pass to, over. I'm I'm feeling a little bloated, so I had to take a break from. I I, I said I said I was I, I was going to do you know a beer from Larry every week, but I can't do it this week. Um, mostly because they well, they are stout and and that's just. I'm going to get them, I promise. But tonight I had to, um, I, I needed uh, some wine. So I am trying something new. This is the original Smoking Loon, fitting, Cabernet Sauvignon. Wow. Uh, the uh, the Smoking Loon Wine Company, established 2000. Uh, this is a um, a product of Chile. And it is uh, it is actually really, really tasty. It's not dumb. It's... It's a bit on the smooth side. It's not sweet at all. It's got a. Uh, it, it's um. It's it's not heavy. I just I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I can see myself buying this on the regular if uh, if it's available. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we have the blank slate. 
we can tell them tabula rasa that this episode is our very first patron inspired or patron chosen book of the month book of the month yes and jason why do you why don't you remind them exactly what titles were in the running for this god oh geez uh you're catching me off guard here <sighs> doesn't happen often i uh, know you'd be i have man all right that you have to find the post bro i don't know it's uh oh, all right let me go to Damn, published man. the producer right. needs to give her brother a little warning it was a little uh, bit of a conceptual choice on our part because we we threw 11 count them there 11 yeah i knew it 11 titles into the mix because of who we are, 11 O'Clock Comics, and the 11 titles were... The 11 titles were, in alphabetical order, Alien, The Illustrated Story, Astro City, Life in the Big City, Cosmic Odyssey, Hellboy, Seed of Destruction, Mage, The Hero Discovered, Nexus, Executioner's Song, Ronin, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, Superman, Birthright, Tank Girl Volume 1 and V for Vendetta. Yes. Yes. And the winner, as chosen by our Patreon peeps, damn their hides, was Jim Starlin and Mike Mignola's Cosmic Odyssey. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And Carlos Garzon. Well, I was, was going to get there, I, but that, whenever they, whenever you you pump a series, it's always artist writer, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, and the, the entire creative team, just to make Dap happy on this, was uh, written by Jim Starlin, pencils by Mike Mignola, inks by the great Carlos Garzon, and the color art was by the innovator himself. Uh, Steve Olaf. Yes. And one of our favorite all-time letterers. John Workman. Yes. Uh, and, and you did say it was written by Jim Starlin. I, I was going to say that it was uh, written by someone who possessed the body of Jim Starlin. Yes. Be, but but oh, it, it, wow. you're burying the lead there. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're going to. Jesus. So here. Tice them. Right. Here is the rub. Jeez. Um, it sounds very good on paper, at least up until a certain point. Um, Metron is in a very bad way. Wait, 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 hold, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on here. Let's 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 paint the picture for them. Let's okay. start with: Had each of you read this before, and if so, was it when it first came out? Was it years later? Have you read oh. it more than one time? Okay, all right. If you want to do a little bit of. Uh, yeah, let's set, let's set let's, the table. Right. Remember, our patrons have been incredibly generous to us. Okay. This is this is a reward. Let's give them the whole thing. You know, it's oh like you don't just put it in, dude. You gotta this massage is, first. You gotta get the yeah. juices flowing. This is called know? Jason making everyone else look bad. All right. Well, you asked me to name eleven books. Oh, like, payback! I get it. Turned um, out fair play. Right. I bought these as they came out and read them. Back in 1988, and the reason why I find some of the books surprising is because I remember enjoying them when they came out. Mm. Okay. And I also I enjoyed them so much that I took them with me to the uh, Penta 
slash Pennsylvania Hotel for one of those New York City conventions that they had. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my copies are signed by both Jim Starlin and Mike Mignola. Neat. Nice. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yep. It's even cooler that you were able to find those issues in your collection for the, for this read and not just... Well, see, that. Like, see, I know you're being facetious, but... Anal no, or, I'm not being facetious. Well, I, anal retentive person that I am, all of the prestige... Uh, Editions are in their own boxes. You're I, smarter man than I. I don't mix them with the regular books. You yeah. is you am smart. Yeah. How about you, Dad? Um, I did not read this when it was originally published. I um, I, I saw the ads for. It. I just I don't know why. I think um, nineteen eighty eighty nine. I know that um. I kind of know what was going on. I, I, I know. I remember all the ads. I remember reading, you know, other DC books at the time. For whatever reason, uh, I did not buy the uh, the four issues as they were coming out, and I, it, it had nothing to do with the creative team. Um, we're all on record as being big fans of Jim Starlin and, and pretty much whatever he does. Uh, we all are big fans of Mike Mignola. Um, I don't think it was a, a, a new God's fourth world thing that kept me away from it. I just, for whatever reason, it may have been a budgetary thing. Uh, cause these, these were released in as prestige format books, uh, $3.50 cover. There was no DCBS at the time for me. So, uh, I stuck with the, the usual Justice League and the action comics and the regular DC stuff. So I, and because this wasn't, this wasn't an, uh, a, an event that tied in to other things, although there are things that happened in this series that do affect the characters, uh, in their other series, their ongoings, their, their, their day to day lives. Uh, I decided that this wasn't something that, um, I needed to concern myself with in the grand scheme of things. Hmm. So I, I read this for the first time when I bought these four issues at Heroes Con uh, two weeks ago. So um, Wow. I, I, yeah. th- this is surprising. See, this is why I wanted to set it up. I assumed you both read this when it came off the shelves. Nope. Wow. I did not. Okay. Okay. Hey, Dad. And it's something I always wanted to. It's mm-hmm. not that, you know, I was like, I was all the hell with it. I just, it, it just never came up. There wasn't really any reason to, for me to, to, to go outside and, and change direction and, and read this when we had other things to read for the show or whatnot or whatever I was in the mood for. But since this, this was up for nomination and I did find it for an amazingly great price at the con, um, it, it is definitely $10 well spent. I do. I, I like the package of, of these four issues. I'm glad I own this, that I'm not trying to talk bad about the presentation. Um, I'm, I'm happy I have this. But hey, you were going to say that? Dap, I have a little bit of trivia specifically directed towards you for a reason. Oh, okay. Can you name another prestige format miniseries that was published the same time as... Cosmic Odyssey from DC. There was there's another one that was published around the same time, and there's a reason uh, why I'm asking you. There's a reason why you're asking me. Well, was it was it Books of Magic? Mm, it's not the one you're thinking of. No, it's not the one I'm thinking of. 
Um, what? Okay. And it, from DC. Mm-hmm. I just gave it to you. The Ring of the Nibelung. And who illustrated Oh, okay, yes. And that was, was, was that, that was, that Gil, was Gil, Gil Kane. Kane, yeah. Yeah, I didn't read that either. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? I know. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm going to have to I, get I, you that. I need to rectify It's got to be wicked cheap. But oh, Jason, Jason, you didn't read, the, well, well, maybe you did. Did you read this back in the day or not? No, I, not surprisingly, back Old, when old DC had Jason didn't read this yeah, back Yeah, back when this was coming out, I wasn't reading DC. Uh, so, no, I uh, wasn't even aware it existed until a few years ago. And took notice of it because it's Mignola, right? I mean, I knew Mignola from Rocket Raccoon miniseries before he was Mike Mignola Hellboy. And then as we started doing the show at some point, uh, I realized he had done some other stuff, and it intrigued me. Um, so it was always in the back of my head of something, but never was a priority. And then uh, we did that, remember a month or two ago, we did that little round table where we asked, asked a bunch of creators what their favorite comic of all time was. Mm-hmm. And two of them... I know Tom Fowler, I think someone yes. else as well, both said this was their favorite comic of all time. <laughs> so I, so I, we are not I, making friends tonight, Vince. So I took notice of that and was super excited to read it, uh, all things considered. And I, I, I have to say, as we get into it, I'm surprised by the way this is going to go simply because it's, it's Mignola art and it's New Gods, which I think I would have thought those two things in and of themselves would have made it impossible for, for Vince not to rave about it. Regardless of whatever else right, is going on. Right, I'll tell you why later, but we'll, okay. let's just set the scene for them. Please. As I said, Metron is not feeling so good. Um, he's always thirsty for knowledge, so what did he do? He plopped in the, the, the Mobius chair and he investigated the anti-life equation and was not uh, very happy to find that the uh, anti-life equation has gained sentience. Metron's mind shattered. Um, The anti-life equation is now the anti-life entity. It's even shaped like a sort of human being with a cloak. and um, The the entity is hell-bent on destroying everything. When when you're the anti-life equation made pseudo-flesh, that's your thing. You want to destroy everything living because the building blocks of reality are life, right? So once everything gone, but there's one small consolation. The anti-life entity cannot exist in the reality of the DCU in his current state because of pesky gravity. Uh, but it can, however, send out aspects of itself to do its dirty work. And it flings out four aspects to different locations in the DC universe. Uh, Ranagar, also known as Ran, uh, Thanagar, Zanshi, and wouldn't you know it, it, send, mm-hmm. it sends one to Earth. The, uh, the hook is that if any two of these solar systems so the systems containing these planets and their 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 suns, if any two of these go down, 
the conditions are met for the anti-life entity to merge into the reality of the DCU. So, Darkseid, he, uh, he secures Metron and he thinks, alright, something's going on here. This is a little bit too big for even someone as awesome as myself to handle. I'm going to have to wave the white flag and, and get High Father over here and we're going to have to do something about this. So, long story short, Darkseid assembles a group of those despicable heroes he hates so much and they're going to help him in this make-it-or-break-it scenario. So what he does is he's, he, he assumes control and he starts piecing out teams. Orion and Superman are going to head to Thanagar because they're the bruisers. They can handle those winged bastards. Light Ray and Starfire are going to go to Ran. The minority group... Uh, Martian Manhunter and John Stewart, the Green, the Green Lantern. <laughs> well, it is right, isn't it? The minority group. When, when, when you're because yeah, they're green and no, yeah. John Jones is the last Martian. I mean, he. That's how could you get? You can't get any more minority than that. I, I wasn't being racist. Uh, so John Stewart and the Martian Manhunter go go to Zanshi, and back on Earth, it's good old Batman and Forager. And they, um, they tried. We just to, recently spoke about. Yes. In the, on the bug, the first issue of Bug. So each team is hot on the heels of the anti-life entities aspect. And, uh, what, what the aspects do is they, they control the population of the areas in which they've been sent. So Orion and Superman are besieged by hawk men and women, which proved to be you know, little effort for them. They they dispatch them, um, but the the anti life entity has set set us up the bombs on these places, bombs, and unfortunately, hubris gets the best of John Stewart, and he thinks it's going to be a walk in the park to you know defuse a simple bomb, and he sends Martian Manhunter away, and when he gets to the bomb. Some smirking person has painted it yellow. And that's Mignola, isn't it? No, no, we'll get into that though as you. Oh, it. you know who it is? Yes, I do. Oh, okay, I thought it was Mignola. Um, no. So, no. bada bing, bada boom, Zanchi falls, and John Stewart is crushed. And at one point in the series, he uh, considers suicide. But we'll get to that. And I don't know. Should we just reveal the ending of this thing, or should we let them actually? No, no, no. Well, we won't. We'll 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 try and entice you to read this thing. Um, take note, though. It is Mike Mignola, but this is not the Hellboy Mike Mignola. This is I'm still trying to find my 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 visual voice, the 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 germ of the style that would eventually. Uh, gain precedence in the Hellboy stuff is there, but it's still he's he's a little wobbly in this. He doesn't well, he doesn't rely on, on blacks. He doesn't rely on the blacks very much. As, well, right, I was going to say let's let's also acknowledge that this is inked by a gentleman named Carlos Garzon, mm-hmm. 
which is a huge deal, right? I mean, Mignola draws Hellboy himself, lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah, I mean, since this was still... Uh, I mean, this was just Mignola pencils. Yeah, we don't know. Gar- I mean, Garzan had a different finish to him. Did, um... Right. He was inked, he was inked on the Racker Raccoon miniseries, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But that so, doesn't look like I Mignola mean, either. No, but back then, uh, whether, you know, if you're somebody who is still... They don't give too... Back then, they didn't give too many, you know, pencilers just fairly new-ish pencilers just a free reign. Uh, they would either pair them up with an established anchor to, to make sure that everything was put out on time and, and, and looked the way it's supposed to. Um, they weren't relying on, on Photoshop so they could, you know, tweak the contrast to make it look ink later on. It just, so, um, yes. And, and I think when we get to the fourth issue, it's, things aren't as tight as they were, uh, with issues one or two. So I don't, I'm not saying it was a grind or, or you know, he, he was feeling the pressures of, because I mean, these are what, 48 pages? These are slightly oversized than, than a traditional 22 page comic book. Um, so it's, besides not looking like your Hellboy Mignola, uh, there are a few other factors with the fact that it's, it is earlier, much earlier, because he, I mean, he's, he's like four or five years away from giving us Hellboy when, when this is published. So, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's earlier in his career. He's being inked by someone else. It's, it's big to work. By Steve so, yeah. So it's, it's not, uh, it, it, it's the, so there's, there's, yeah. I'm sorry, Dave Stewart. It, yeah, there's Stewart. just, um, you know, there's, yeah, but look there at Gotham, things to, look at Gotham City. It's almost bright. There's even even the sewers of Gotham City in the beginning. There's, yeah. There's not many shadows in this thing. I mean, no, they're, no, no, no. They're, they're, he he uses them to good effect when he when he really wants to. Like the the first time we see uh, Darkseid and he's looking out of his his um, you know command center and mm-hmm. Desaad is to the right and, and we see the shadows back of Darkseid and he's all shadow yeah. like that. You in, even in the machinery. Behind the side, you could see, okay, there's that Mignola that's coming up. Mm-hmm. But on some of the, the, the panels. Oh, I mean, like, you got the close up on like High Father when he's telling the story about, you know, the, the, the world's being created. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of lines. There's a lot of open lines. There's right. nothing. Right. He's not, he's not going heavy with the blacks. No. But I mean, I, I love the art though. I, I, I don't know if you're conveying otherwise. I, I, I genuinely love the art. I think it looks great. I like the art. I'm I'm not I'm not in love with it. No. Okay. I, I'm really, not I saying really I'm not it. saying it's bad, but it's mm-hmm. just it's it, it's it's Mignola by way of Michael Golden. There's a lot of Michael Golden in this. There's some Golden. Yeah, I, I see sure. some Pete Craig Russell, but yeah. Oh really, sure. Yeah, some yeah. Golden. Yeah. Um, but there's a sub- well. Go ahead. No, I, I um I, I I'm kind of I, I really really like the covers i i i'm not it, it's i like this because it is not so heavy dark black shadowy mignola I, I i like the openness of it i like the brightness of it so i really really do like the art um i don't i i mean i love it just because of what i know mignola can do and had done later on but it, it's i i like the art for the story i, I yeah. think the art's solid. it's 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 not bad by any stretch Right. Right. Um, but there's a couple of subplots that we didn't let loose. Uh, in the beginning, 
of shock troopers from Apocalypse come over to Gotham City in a boom tube. And one of them, because Superman and Light Ray kicked their ass, asses, one of them gets left behind. And he retreats to the Gotham City sewers. There are subplots involving Jason Blood and the Demon. There's a subplot involving Adam Strange from Ran, which is cool. But, and, and I think, is it time to get into the, uh, the, uh, our, our assessment of this series? Well, do you want to just say what you thought of the series and then go, I mean, we should probably go issue by issue, right? I mean, in the sense that it is a book of the month, but. Okay. Well, you seem like you want to rush through it. I no, mean, I don't. I don't want to rush through it. But yeah, I I thought issue one was probably the least enjoyable of all four. It just it just seemed it seems too scattered. There's really no reason I could think of as to why Darkseid would pick these specific. Heroes, other than Superman and Batman, who are the the no brainers. If I had a soccer team and I was picking people for my team, I would pick Superman and Batman, right? But yeah, like Starfire. Well, that's a recurring theme throughout the book. I think <laughs> non non sequitur decisions. So I'm with you there. Uh, I presumed it was simply because. They had leeway as to who they chose, and these were characters that either were being pimped by DC hard at the time, or that um, he he really liked at the time, like Starlin liked in particular. Right. I it mean, just felt like he had a lot of leeway as to who he chose. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's not a Justice League book. No, right. no, it isn't. It almost reads um, the the characters. I feel could be almost interchangeable with uh, maybe their Marvel counterparts because Light Ray comes off an awful lot like Star Fox. And Batman could be the Daredevil analog in this case. Superman, his dialogue is more, in my ears, rings more to Captain America than... I've never read a comic book pretty much where I've seen Superman scream out, holy smoke. There are some... um, yeah, there, now you're getting at it. Now you're getting and, to it. And and Starfire, I, it was almost like it should have been Power Girl. I've I've never seen Corey with a K or a C call anybody a conceited ass or think it. I've never heard her say, "Hold it right there, pal." Um, well, Star- no, what? go. The, the John Stewart is especially I'm, out of well, character, and that's and and that is when. Corey is the one that that seriously sticks in my craw the most because she is she's always been at least before New Fifty Two and that's one of the reasons why that whole that whole Red Hood series just irked me. But Corey has never acted or spoke like she does in Cosmic Odyssey in all the years that 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 Marv Wolfman had written her the um there were uh the from what and and apparently this this surprised or amused events i did research after i read this book 
because I really, really had trouble with it. I don't know. I was thinking that maybe Starlin sabotaged himself with this, that he just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. I, I don't know if he was just like, and, and okay. So when I was doing this research, apparently there's a, um, it was a book published by AEW a few years ago, The Art of Jim Starlin, A Life in Words and Pictures. And he describes the Cosmic Odyssey project, um, basically saying he kind of went down his own path. DC had just published, uh, a series called The Books of Magic, which apparently mapped out the mystical DC universe. They wanted the same sort of thing for their science fiction characters. I wasn't all that into this idea and wrote up the script for Cosmic Odyssey the way I wanted to. No one seemed to be bothered by this. And the talented Mike Mignola was given the assignment of penciling it. It was only when his pages started coming in that someone up at DC finally noticed I hadn't written the book they'd asked for. But by then, there was nothing much to be done about it since two issues had already been inked. So they dumped it out on the stands with next to no promotion, figuring that it would sell what it did, and that would be the end of that. So from Starlin, at least as far as an interview from a handful of years ago, uh, recalling a series that that's more than a decade old at that point uh, is saying, you know, this is the story I, I wanted to tell. So I, we, we know that he wrote Batman because, you know, the Knights of the Beast and the death of, of, of Jason Todd. And, and he has a handle on Batman. We, we know that, you know, he can, he can write cosmic characters thanks to Captain Marvel and Thanos and, 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 Tracks and everybody else that, that he's written the Infinity War. So we know he has a handle on, on certain characters and, and, and certain, uh, environments, but I do not feel that he had any idea who Coriander is, who John Stewart is. And it's a, um, and that's, that's why as I'm reading this, I'm just shaking my head to the point where I had to go and dig out my issues of the, 1990 relaunched Green Lantern and the spinoff Mosaic to make sense of what Jon Stewart was going through when that series started um, because he was dealing with the mistakes that he made in Cosmic Odyssey. But before that, in all the Jon Stewart stories I read, whether it was, you know, Christ on Infinite Earths and everything leading up to that and then the Green Lantern Corps after Crisis on Infinite Earths and Millennium, uh, the dude in Cosmic Odyssey sounded nothing like the dude I was reading for years before that. No, he calls Metron a turnip. Yes, that's exactly, I wrote that down. I'm like, dude, who the hell? Why would you, no, John Stewart would never refer to someone else as a dude's a turnip. Dude, don't it's, call someone retarded. N- not even that, he's a god, <sighs> and he's calling him a vegetable. Like, that, you're, that's, yeah. that's just rude. But, so, and mm-hmm. it, over the course of the the issues, he's just he's cracking wise with with John. He John. Oh, I got this. Yeah, dude's a fucking Martian, and you're going to tell him this is a little out of your league, bro. Come on, man. I just he, he Starlin wrote these characters just because he needed them to get from point A to point B. Right. It didn't matter it, it, who they were. Right. It's it very just, interesting that you said that these could be interchanged with their Marvel counterparts. This is the same story he's been telling at Marvel for forever. It with the is, whole, yeah, with the whole death the and everything. Gang yeah. of, of misfits come together to, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, since I hadn't read DC much back when this came out, I, 
It's interesting to hear you guys focus on John Stewart because I will say this: I found John Stewart to be intolerable in this book. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't have the history with the character, as certainly before, in terms of how he was before this, to come away thinking it was out of character. I know that he's not like this anymore. But interestingly enough, the only thing I knew about this book, other than it was Starlin and Mignola, before reading it, was the the fact that this was the the series where John Stewart ended up destroy, having a planet destroyed at his behest. Because that's, I think, if 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 you were to if they were to do a who's who uh, modern version in John Stewart's one page, you would that is that's always a big deal that that this that the planet was destroyed under his watch. That's credited with 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 the character becoming a much more serious uh, character. And so again, I I I always knew that this was the book when that happened. Um, but but what I'm I'm fa- I'm fascinated by because you guys have both gone down this avenue of, of people being out of character. The note that I took when I first read this issue is how out of character I think Batman is. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, the, yes. The, and there's one thing. I, I mean, I I literally there was a page in this first issue and I thought, oh boy. Oh. It, oh, Batman yeah. is so so. As Vince said, there's a there's a um, I, what were the I don't know what they're called. The, they're shock the, troopers. The, the, just shock okay. troopers. So there's a shock yeah. trooper, as you said, that that's that's stuck. He doesn't get through the boom tube, so he's stuck. And he's a carnivore, so he is. So people are disappearing in Gotham, which is why Batman goes to investigate. Batman goes into the sewers, following the the path of of, of the evidence. And this shock trooper is is eating people. Not surprising. But Batman walks into the lair of the shock trooper, and we are shown three dead bodies in various states of decay. Batman says, oh, my God. <laughs> then they show him on the next panel running out of the room, and, and, the, and, the, and the, the, the balloon says, I feel my stomach begin to go, and I have to rush from that chamber of horror. Now, on what planet at this point in his career would Batman get nauseous from seeing a dead body? True. Batman wouldn't react that way. He's he's the Dark Knight. He's the he's the 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 guy who deals in the in the the darkest, dankest things with the most in, in the city that we're told in DC is the is the essentially modern day Gomorrah, right? So so. I mean, a rookie cop throws up when they see a dead body. Batman doesn't run from a room of dead bodies to throw up. It it just was incredulous to me. I said, "Well, what? What the fuck is that?" But the scene was year one. I mean, what cracked me up though was leading up to that. And I get it. You know, it's the late '80s. We're not, you know, we're, we're not trying to be serious. But Batman decides to go undercover by just throwing on a hat and an overcoat over his outfit. Oh, exactly. I love yeah. that, though. I, I always I know, love when he does it's, that. It's just, it's just so... The thing about that scene that got me is not the running and the sickness. It's the time when he pulls the curtain to the side and he says, oh, my God. And he stands there and he looks at, oh, the, at the three dead bodies. We, we know how Batman thinks. That... Is a strategic faux pas. Like he's wasting very valuable time being awestruck or, or repulsed or whatever he is there. He's leaving himself open to attack by doing mm-hmm. that. The person mm-hmm. who did this could still be in the room and he wouldn't even know it because he's, he's, he's looking at the bodies. You could see him looking right at the bodies. That is not 
And and you could say, oh well, in the in the time since this was written, they've made Batman into this all-seeing, all-knowing tactical monster who's always aware and has a contingency for every problem. No. That has nothing to do with this. He is a detective. He would not – he's also a strategist. He would mm-hmm. not do that. It's just unheard of that he would do that. He would take note. He would gather all the data while surveying the room at the same time. You know, that's what Batman does. Mm-hmm. He, he just wouldn't leave himself open like this or run like a little girl <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> Seriously, look at him. He's, he's, he's flailing. He is. He is. <laughs> But the thing that got me that I love the most and I hate the most about this book, it's so goofy. There are parts that are so tremendously stupid that you can't help but love them. They're, they're, Batman does not trust Darkseid. And, and rightly so. Who would trust Darkseid? So he picks up the phone. Yes. Oh, my God. He picks up that- the phone <laughs> and calls his buddy. He tells Forager, hold on a second. Let me hit up this fucking Mob Bell payphone quick. And he makes a <laughs> phone. And what, and what, but, and I get it, you know, it's like, no, no one's got fucking cell phones and shit. That's cool. But that is, and that's, that is something else that they, Starlin went through great pains, went to great pains to make sure we never saw who this character was that right. Batman called. Only saw his hands in the third issue. Yeah. But, if you didn't want to wait a few pages into the fourth issue, don't worry. We'll show you who the fuck it is on the cover. And that just yeah. really aggravated me. And they also tell it in the um the introduction like in, in the trade that was released after this. But it, it just it's like why why go through all this just to blow it like that anyway? And that was the fourth cover is probably my least favorite because it's basically just a a reprint of, of a scene that happens in the issue, whereas Mignola actually took the time and, and drew some really great covers for the first three. Um, also in the first issue, when they're all at the White House, I got a kick out of Superman just kind of leaning up against the fireplace mantle. I'm just chilling. Everybody else is kind of doing what they do. Not sure what the hell they're all called there for, but I, I have a hard time seeing Superman just kind of going all Farmer Smallville mode while he's at the White House. Leaning up against the fireplace mantle. Yeah. It, it's also a bit like Rom. When, when all of the uh, away teams go to their various planets, Darkseid gives them an aspect catcher. Yes. It's kind of like Rom's neutralizer in, in a sense. A little bit? A little bit. Like if, if, if the aspect is in, is in range, they just fire this doohickey and, and it's supposed to capture the, uh, the, the aspect. But, what else? Jason, more thoughts on this. Well, since we're running theme here is out of character, uh, it it just irked me that so I, I love the art, but I think some of the panel choices are odd. It irked me that the setting is essentially this beautiful, idyllic garden setting and then dark sides just chilling, just standing around, just chilling the whole time. <laughs> like darks like they 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 don't have they're both they're both godlike rulers of two different planets. We couldn't have a video com. They couldn't be at their respective <laughs> of their respective worlds. That Darkseid is just going to chill in this garden with his arms That's crossed how for, it was. for for days on end and just, <laughs> just chat. They make a small talk. They they play in backgammon, Parcheesi, and while they're waiting for these guys, I mean, he's just in the four issues. He's he's genuinely just standing around making small talk with everybody. I, I 
It just seems so out of character for him. Yeah. And yes, they have the heroes keep saying, I don't trust this dude. But the dude's all smiles and just chilling. He's like, nah, bro, it's all good this time. We good. Enemy yeah. of my enemy, you know what I'm saying? It just felt really weird. I mean, Dark Side's supposed to be imposing. And yes. I know there's been, I mean, and, and if we're making the Starlin analog, I guess it's like when Thanos teams up for the, for, for the greater good. But that's not, I don't know. It never felt like when Thanos did that, that, that you weren't just a second away from him backstabbing. Right. Seriously, yeah, you're always looking over your shoulder. And like, he I would still... always reluctantly do it. Like, you know, Dak, you brought up the covers. So the cover to issue four, if <laughs> if I was reading this on the stands, I would have lost my mind. Because one of the quote-unquote mysteries of the book is who is Batman's mysterious friend who keeps yes. coming to an aid. Yep. Well, we find out in the fucking fourth cover before we find yes. out in the book. Yeah, he just said that. Yeah. The four, yeah, the fourth cover, we see it's Dr. Fate before yeah. we see it's Dr. Fate in the book. <laughs> there you go. Okay, spoilers. Well, yeah, yeah. I, was, I didn't know if we were, yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Spoilers that are even delivered by the book itself. But isn't that so silly, borderline stupid, that Batman can call Dr. Fate? He has his number. Boop, 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 boop. Dr. Fate, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I need some... Dr. I need, fate. I, yeah, Dr. Fate. I need the fate, the fate line. I need some, some help. Dude. It's, it's just so silly. So the, silly. Uh, the other thing is the Etrigan Jason Blood. Now, I... Oh, here we go. I, you know, again, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I, I don't I don't know that character nearly as well as, as y'all do. But um, but the explanation was so random, which is that Darkseid contends that he needs Jason Blood, who has been separated from the demon Etrigan, presumably in, in some other comic. Relatively. That you should read. Right, that happened right before this. Yeah. Um, which I'm fine with. I don't mind that in the sense that, that they did assume back then that we all read most of the comics coming from each respective publisher. So whatever. Um, if that didn't take much to figure out. But but in any case, they're separated and clearly it's something that Jason Blood is happy about, even though it's aging him quickly at this point. And Darkseid says, we need you to merge back with Etrigan because only by being combined and back to your full strength, Etrigan has the power that we need to tap into to make all this happen. And it just seems so random to me that uh, why suddenly a magical being would be the only source of the power that Darkseid needs when everything else about the new gods is scientific, right? I, I don't... Um, it just seems so strange to me. It, again, it, to me, it felt like, okay, DC was looking to get some edit- editorial things accomplished, including getting Etrigan back because he had been out of the picture for a while. And they said to Sterling, hey, can you uh, can you work Etrigan back, Etrigan back into this so we have him to use after the series? It's probably now, why. It, yeah. it may not have gone down that way, but it just seemed totally random that Etrigan would be the linchpin of this thing. Uh, and I don't think the book does a good job of explaining it outside of Darkseid, saying, well, you're the only being that has that kind of power. It's It has to do with the dark energies. Because the the anti-life equation or anti-life entity is dealing in this dark, evil, I don't want to call it magic, but let's just say energy. So, yeah, Etrigan would be more in tune with that than Dr. Fate. But you can't tell me that Dr. Fate can't do the same thing that Etrigan does and probably better. He's he's oh, used, definitely better. He's used to chaos magic, right? He should be able right. to to just all right. I'm done with it. I've just channeled it. We're we're good. He that's what Doctor Fate does. 
But yeah, I, I always picture and I guess as evidenced by the third issue's cover, I always picture Etrigan more as a pet than than as you know any major great force, especially of of magic. Obviously, I know he is based on that, but it, it's it, he, oh, I need magic. Okay, let me grab. Yeah, Etrigan. I never. It's Etrigan is is of magic. He doesn't deal in magic. Right, right. And and they try to explain it, which again is just them wanting to say, okay, well, we need we need opposites as far as the story goes. So here's fate, who you know, all about order. Um, will will have the demon to to offset that and and bring the chaos aspect of it. And, And 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 aside, um. This is, I didn't realize that this was the story that I knew it was going to happen when Jason Arrow four, there's a four issue miniseries that, that took place maybe a year before Cosmic Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Four issue miniseries called The Demon. It is beautifully illustrated. It is written <laughs> and penciled by Matt Wagner. And it oh, is the boy. story. Of a, um, and it's it probably one of the best, one of the best inkers I've seen on Wagner, Art Nichols. But it's, it's basically Wagner went to DC and he pitched a story and they said, cool, let's run with it where Jason Blood actually splits off from Metrogan. They don't need to coexist anymore. They can be separate entities and Pretty much right before the fourth issue came out, DC was like, yeah, no, this is cool and all, but we're just going to end up redoing it. I mean, reverting back to the way it was. So, you know, cool story, bro, but it's not, <laughs> it's not going to stick, which kind of, which, which pissed them off, obviously. But, um, this was now Cosmic Odyssey comes along and, and it does undo what, uh, cause there was, there's probably only a couple of stories or a couple of pages somewhere between the Demon miniseries and Cosmic Odyssey, where you actually get to see either Etrigan and or uh, Jason Blood. But um, that was something else that I found out when reading this, was that this is the story that that undid the what I think is the good that, that Wagner did. And that's not... I, I, I'm not a diehard Etrigan fan, but I um, reading the the Wagner story made me um, made me a bigger fan. But this this was, yeah, so this was Okay, so that that's where that came from. But it, but like you guys said, I it's of all the the characters in the DC universe to try to bring in to for for Dark Side with all the all the science and all the all the cosmic going on uh, to to bring in the magic character and have that be Etrigan. I, I agree with y'all on, on on it being a bit of a reach. Yeah, it's. Have you ever read the? Um, is it Alan Grant? I think it's Alan Grant that did, oh, and, that, that did the, uh, the, the yeah the Demon series. Yes, it's great, and yeah. he he's just he's a rhyming demon who's incredibly powerful, can breathe fire, but there's not a whole lot in that series that lends one to believe that he could channel magic or, or has any kind of. Um, facility with magic other than, I mean, Merlin made him. Right. You know, so it's just, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it was just Jim Starlin shoehorning the demon into this. Like, like you said, they, they probably just wanted him to 
to use him to maybe to just undo what Matt Wagner did. I don't know. But it's just like everything in this series, the choices seem so random. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Starfire could easily have been Diana. It yeah. could have been Wonder Woman, right? Um, th th there, there are some some bits that I, I find really cute. Like I think it's issue three when um, we're on Ran and Light Ray and Starfire are are we're, they're introduced to to Adam Strange for the first time, and there's no a second issue is a second issue, and there's a flashback, yeah. or not a flashback. There's a scene of New Genesis. And we get to see, we're pulled back and we get to see like most of New Genesis floating in space. Did you notice there's a little McDonald's? A little McDonald's logo. Yeah, there's a McDonald's <laughs> on, New, on New Genesis. And, and on, the, on that same page. Bet you they got coffee. Adam's, yeah, really. Adam Strange is talking to Light Ray and, and it's very important. It's very dire. And it's like, you know, this is what we have to do, blah, blah, blah. And Corey's posing. Yes. Yeah, on the side. It's like, yeah, it, it's like, bitch, stop that. I'm trying to concentrate to what it's I like, want it's Adam like to do. didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. Like She's got her hands in her hair. Her, yeah. her hip is like, <laughs> eh, 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 look at me. And it's seriously, we're trying to do something here. Stop posing. <laughs> It's very distracting. The mm -hmm. um, also in the second issue, I, I get, and, and this ties into the whole um, uh, uh, Batman in his overcoat and and top hat doing it in the sewers. But the um, if it's weird that here's a dude from another planet, meaning Forager. Hanging out with Batman in the Batcave. Alfred makes an appearance, and I'm not saying Bug is some great detective, but so here's Batman, and here's this butler dude. But what threw me is is after Alfred decks Forager out in, in, in his fancy new threads, he, he calls him Master Batman, and that's one of those things where I'm just like, I don't, that, that just kind of hurts my ears a bit. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, Master Batman. I don't know if it almost he's sounds like ever, something else. Yes, it does. <laughs> and, and I don't huh. know if he's ever, go away, I'm baiting, I don't know if he's ever, ever, uh, said that again. And then, and then the next page, um, there seems to be, as far as, like Jason referred to it, with the panel choices and layouts, and I don't know, I, I don't know if this was Marvel method. I don't know what was going on, but it, it just seems odd that here is an extreme close up of, of Batman's eyes just saying the, the, the lead up is, um, Batman mentions, you know, Joe Bester. So, so they have to, um, they have to go to Arizona and Forger asks who's Joe Bester and Batman responds with, you know, a Gotham City policeman who died last week. That 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 sentence doesn't seem to rate such an extreme close up of no that's, of Batman's forehead. No. It's just it, there. It, it's called "I Got to Get This Page Done." <laughs> that's what that is. It's a huge I guess, panel. Yeah, I mean, there's only three panels in the whole page, but yeah, it it is. It's it's, but it it just sometimes the, the, the and I will. I can definitely understand that, yeah, I gotta get this page done. Definitely 
fits in the realm of possibility with that because it's just it, it's one of those things where the the dialogue does not match up with with the with the picture being drawn. And the whole forger costume thing. Oh it, yeah. It just seems so random. Like Batman tells Forger, Hey yeah, hey, hey buddy, you know, I'm I'm the Dark Knight. You're working with me, you can't wear that. Because it's too bright. And has Alfred always been a seamstress? But dude, Alfred's just like, whipping up a new costume. He and... says, uh, he says, but 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 what fucking what what color is Robin wear? And he's going to say, I, I work at night. I can't have you in the bright colors. Yeah, but he's still bright. They didn't take the red out. They took the white out. Like it's, it's true. It's still candy apple red. I don't it's... I don't understand. And if Forger could draw a line from point A to point B, here I am. On Earth, in a place with Batman, and this Alfred character comes in. Like, it doesn't take a master detective to find out that if Alfred is in this location, then, hmm, maybe Batman's Bruce Wayne. Do you think? Like, and Batman just doesn't care. He's like, yeah, come on in. Come on in the Batcave, buddy. I like your costume. Here's what we're going to do. It's red, though. It's red. It's just, it's, but the lowdown, my dislike of this series stems from one thing. Mm. One really egregious error on the point, on the part of Jim Starlin. The anti life entity who is this massively powerful evil organism whose very being runs counter to the thing upon which existence is built. And it has to set bombs. It plants bombs. Like the anti-life entity is dumb. As, as a villain, he's dumb. Because he, he limits himself every step of the way. If you are a cosmic force for destruction and you decide to send out four aspects of yourself, like why four? Well, I, I don't understand that. Why, why, why couldn't it have been 10,000? Why does it have to be four? Isn't four limiting? Isn't more better? Like if he could send these aspects to a multitude of planets, so many planets that all the heroes couldn't get to them in time, like wouldn't that be better? Mm. It just doesn't make sense. And then to, to infiltrate these planets and take over the population to make them do your bidding and you have them set up bombs. It's just, it doesn't make sense, does it? Is it just me? It just seems like this 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 force for evil is just undercutting itself all the time. Like it's it's thinking small, setting itself up to fail. Yeah. Why and why one bomb? Why not a hundred? Why yeah, not a hundred? Right. Yeah, put one on the other, put one on the other pole of the right, planet. Right, knock the damn planet out of orbit or something. Send it into the sun, or you know. The, and if you can control that many people, just have them all. And why, why even bother with a the timer then? I mean, just I don't it's, get it. They, and he puts a timer on it. Yeah, just think. <laughs> just fucking. Why don't? It's so silly. Uh, it is such so a silly maybe we, book. Maybe we run because we're 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 jumping all over. I want maybe we run through the the Three a quick four. synopsis of the of the of the of the series of the rest of the arc. Maybe because so, we're. I, I think I'm imagining people that haven't read this are confused as to what's what's actually going on because we 
We've been all over. <laughs> well, there, there's really, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. It, it, it's very simple. The the uh, away teams go to these four planets in order right. to to stop the aspects from from destroying them and then catapulting the the DC universe into a, a, a state where gravity no longer holds sway and the anti-life entity can emerge and just destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got the, the Green Lantern and John John's fail, as we've talked about. Yeah, because of Stuart. So, right, Xanthi blows up. Is it Xanthi? Is that yeah, how you say it? Yeah. Xanxi? Xanxi. Xanxi blows up. So they don't, and that's another odd thing, right? They, 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 they need two of the four to, to blow up, right? They don't need all four. They don't need one. They need two of the four. Why not do 50? Why not pick 50 spot? But, right. um, but anyway, so, so, so the, the first one's gone. So now they have to, now they have to go three for three. The heroes have to go three for three. Um, needless to say, Superman, uh, and Orion are successful, but there's that whole aside where, while Superman's taking care of business, he tells Orion to hold off, hold, hold, hold everybody off. And when Superman comes back to the surface, Orion has killed, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of Thanagarians. Mm-hmm. A lot, right? He's laid waste to, to, it's, 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 it's an absolute sea of bodies. And so Superman's all feeling some kind of way to Orion about it. And Orion's like, my dude, I'm a warrior. You told me to hold them off. So I held them off. And I said, yeah, he was. I mean, he pretty much is. I mean, one could argue from Orion's perspective, killing a thousand people to save the universe is a fair trade-off. And I, think I would think so. most sol- most soldiers would feel that way. Mm-hmm. But of course, Superman is Mr. Do-Gooder, so he, he, he's off. He's all freaked out. But they quote unquote succeed. And then, and then Starfire and her crew succeed. And they succeed because, because the, the uh, the the aspect in this case is rendered as a giant gelatinous creature. She notices smells like petrol, so she concludes that that means he must be flammable, and she blows them up. Uh, but they succeed, which leaves the the fate of the universe is then left in the hands of of Batman and Forager, right? In which case, we know it's gonna. We, I mean, we we know it's gonna happen, right? There's no chance that Batman's not winning in the end. So, but in, he in, a broken leg. He wins because Forger gives his his life. That's so yeah, they do true. win, but yeah, it's another funny cost. thing is in that issue where they get Doctor Fate to uh, reveal himself. Yeah. Uh, there's a. I'm just trying to find the page. Sorry. Um, Hold on, sorry. But it, it cracked me up. Another one of those non sequiturs. It's just, oh, here we go. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, so, so Dr. Fate, in order to, to win, he creates the sink, which I believe is French for five, right? C-I-N-Q-E? Mm-hmm. Yes. Q-E. He, it's done. The sink of cosmic power is formed. I control this union being a creature of intellectual magics. So, um, but, but so the page where he's doing this, he says, he says, fortunately, each of us is linked with a different elemental source of near infinite power. Okay. Got it. So he's making the case that these five beings when brought together are enough to turn the tide because they each represent a different 
elemental source of near infinite power. Okay, got it. So they're each different. Then he proceeds to expound upon why we're each chosen. So you got the five. He's got High Father adds to the pentagram with his connection to the source, mm-hmm. as does Orion with his connection <laughs> to the same. Wait, 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 wait. I thought you just got done saying that the five of you each had a different elemental source of near infinite power. Then you lead us off by saying the two of you have the power from the same source. I'm like, what? Like, wait, what? Like, I mean, it's so crazily. I mean, it, it cracked me up. I laughed out loud because I thought, wow, he's not even trying. Not even trying <laughs> he's, giving, he's giving zero fucks with this story. He is giving zero fucks. That's right. <laughs> so the five were Dr. Fate, uh, um, Etrigan, High Father, Orion, and Darkseid. Uh, but. But yeah, I mean, I just I thought, well, there you go. Uh, it, 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 five different, but the first two were the same. And he makes a pentagram. Now, do you think I was the the the, um, the, the anti life entity, although drawn nebulously and in the shadows? Do you think it was drawn to look like it could have been anti monitor, or is that just in my head? Mm, I think that's in your head. All right, y'all then. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so that was a funny little. little but you can't really bit. tell, right? Because it's just one giant black it kinda looks shadow. Like, what, what was that? What was that giant? Was that Terminus? It, Who was that big dude from uh, Fantastic Four? Yeah, it could. It looks like the blot, the Phantom Blot from Mickey Mouse. He's just he's just a big, dark, cartoonish black thing. You know, and, and then you've got the the obligatory uh, dark side acting like the villain that Scooby and his gang capture after this is all defeated and Dr. Fate says, well, and we, we banished, we, we banished the anti-life entity from our realm forever. Darkseid gets all kind of mad. Damn you, Fate. You used me to accomplish your clever little scheme. You made a puppet of me. It's like, damn you kids. I would have gotten away with it too. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, so Darkseid's pissed. But then the next page, he walks off skulking saying, my apologies. I was out of line. <laughs> That's no way for a monarch to act towards his allies. On what planet is Darkseid, like, the, was falling back on decorum and apologizing for overreacting yeah, to the just, fact that his planet worked? It's very out of character. It is. It yeah. is. It, there, there's a lot of things. Like, Jason Blood gives in way too easy. It's like you need to bond with Etrigan again because the whole universe is going to go. And he's and he says, "There's nothing that can get me to right. relive that indignity and that the nightmare that was that 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 monster." And and basically they do. Basically they're just like, "Oh come on!" And he three panels. <laughs> right. He's like, Wouldn't "Okay." Have been a lot cooler. Yeah. And then no, he hugs right. him. He hugs him yeah. later on. Wouldn't like, it have been cooler if they had? Granny goodness or Dasad, Darks is saying, "Well, too bad. Whatever you want, we need you." And and having his 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 minions uh, bring those two together by force, right? Right. Force them back together. Yeah, force them, or which just... would I think be more in keeping with 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 Apocalypse and his crew. Yeah. Um, another thing, and, and again, I love the so just to be clear, just to reiterate, I, I I love the art. I think the art makes the series worth reading and having even though the story makes no kind of sense. Um, but another thing that just bugged the shit out of me was the two and a half, three pages we get of just the numbers counting down on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> we get three pages of them going from 99 to zero. Yeah. Literally him just drawing those numbers. And it started I, I, in the previous issue. It did. It did. That was the cliffhanger. 
Yeah, I, 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 that is a waste of. That is something that comics should not need to do. Comics can do anything. You don't. I don't need you to spend three pages showing me a countdown. We can. We can. We get the gist. You can. You can go from ninety nine to five, four, three, two, one. I think we get the picture. So, I um, I was a bit. I, they're just it, almost every time. I think you know. Okay, well, now, now we're back on the right path. I, I enjoyed you know Superman's battle with um, with his aspect because you know we finally get to see. Superman being Superman, um, but you know you get to the to the fourth issue and everybody's worried about we haven't heard back from Batman yet and it's why if, if this is so important why would Batman keep uh, is is he afraid that the like, Dark Side or someone's going to find out that they're going to Arizona just like let let people know where you're headed so this way if need be if everybody else is done doing their part first or earlier then. Maybe they can come help. It's just, I, just like the entity not not thinking things all the way through. Um, Batman decided to employ that method as well. But the um, it, it's it's just you know, and and it's and and high fathers and bill. Well, you know, it's a big planet. We don't know where where Batman might be. Superman is standing right next to you, bro. I just, I, 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 I just, just work with me just a little bit, just because every time you're like, okay, this is, this could happen, and then Starlin shoots himself in the foot by, but it can't happen. We're not going to have it happen, even though it logically, it would. I'm not saying this could wrap up. I'm not saying this, this could have been a one shot. It, it's, it's a cool story. There's just things that happen that just make you scratch, fucking head, and the. um as far as the painter, the the uh, the avatar uh, from the planet uh, from the bomb that was on uh, Zanshi, it is um, it was Mignola's idea to put editor Andy Helfer in the page. Ah, okay. So, uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I'm reading it at first, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" He doesn't even look like a, a native of the planet. It's just I don't, it's just like some slovenly looking. Yeah, fanboy. I don't know what it's like. So is it? Is it a fuck? It, so people were trying to figure out: was it a fuck you from Starlin to 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 the fans? Was it? You know, was it? I mean, it's it was too early for Frank to be thinking like this. But it, it's just one of those things where it's I'm yeah. I have no idea. So so uh, there was a uh, and actually there was a Twitter exchange uh, which also not only included Mike Mignola for. Um, Saying that it was his idea to put the dude in the uh, in the book, and that it was in fact Andy Helfer, but um, the conversation was kind of uh, kicked off by uh, Michelle Fifay. So even he wanted because he was um, he uh, yeah he said that he always thought that the, the uh, Deus Ex Machina painter was uh, Andy Helfer, and Mignola um, cop to it, and then he was asked if um, if that was Starlin's idea or Mike's. And Mike says it was uh, it was his. So that which if 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 that was the only thing that that just had me hold the book away from me and and scream that that's stupid, that wasn't the only thing that would make me do that with the story. It was it was a scene where I'm getting to it and I'm like, oh shit, this is pretty heavy, and and John Stewart's going to save the day, even though he's acting like an asshole, and then he sees this big bomb painted yellow only to have some 
schlub down in the corner grinning because he's got three cans of paint and a big ass paintbrush. I'm like, that I, I don't know where that came from. And it did, I mean, it did stop the story cold for me, but it was just one of those things where I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I just. The, the thing that gets me in the issue four was Batman has bonded with Forager for whatever reason. There's really not a whole lot of reasons why they they get close. (laughs) It was just written into the story so they can have this, this drama at the end where Forger gives his life to save Batman and the earth takes care of the bomb and Batman's we're, we're, we're in the fallout smoke everywhere. Bombs destroyed or the control mechanism of the bomb is destroyed. Batman's looking for Forger. He's like, Forger! One. Forager? Two. Forager. Three. Forager? Four. And then he, he, he's looking, he's like, Forager, please say something. Anything. <laughs> and then we see the aftermath. And so Batman radios New Genesis. Now, this is, this is what gets me. We're, we're told in the very first issue, and it, it's, it's, it's a thing that is, is cemented into the DC universe. The only way that you can get to New Genesis or Apocalypse is, is via a mother box and a boom tube. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. It even yet, says it in the, in the series. Yeah. Yep. So Batman has a radio device capable of calling of crossing this impenetrable dimensional rift between, you know, our dimension and, and the dimension of New Gen, and he can radio them. But, but okay, you know, uh, just put, take that and put it out of your mind for now. But this is the thing that got me. Batman says, okay, we're good. Um, the threat's neutralized. I've got someone who needs to be put out of his misery. Now, was he talking about Forager, or was he talking about the remains of the 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 shock trooper? The, the storm the, trooper. Yeah, I thought he was talking about the dog because he says bring another aspect catcher with you, and that's what he because it was destroyed, so he wasn't able to use it on on the uh, because what do you call it? right because. Forge, the shock trooper. We couldn't use it on him. Yeah, Forge is so, dying. He's in bad shape there. If that is right, and it's and it's it sucks that the word balloon is right over Forager's body, so it, it could imply that you know that's who needs to be taken out of his misery. But why go through the process of of looking for him and and being concerned just to to say be so so cold so like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then at the 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 quote return of of forager back to new genesis orion says something very condescending like you know who thought the bug had it in him or something and batman gets all drama and punches orion yep and there's the shock of superman his name was forager (laughs) (laughs) and and okay one batman would never be able to get that kind of force to punch orion one, he's a god. Mm-hmm. Two, he's gone toe to toe with Superman. You know, and then Orion just sulks away. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the uh, I, I the when Superman shows up with Batman and and Light Ray is carrying Forager, um, 
John Stewart asked Superman what happened, and we get a great panel of Superman just saying, "I'd better let Batman fill you in since he was there." <laughs> yeah. it's like, what the? Why? Now we can rest. We can relax now. <laughs> Superman, you, Superman. you dick. <laughs> No, I, I mean, uh, all said and done, it's a fun series. Yes. It's not a classic. It isn't. And let's be honest, most event comics, when you reread them, are silly. They don't, they don't make a lot of sense. Right. Secret Wars doesn't make a bit of sense. When we reread it a couple of years back, it, it doesn't make a bit of sense. Uh, all of those Marvel... Uh, annual events that I certainly dug when they were coming out, like Atlantis Attacks and the Serpent Crown. I mean, none of those make sense. They're 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 ham fisted and sure. just done for the sake of doing. Uh, so, so certainly we're holding it to a standard that is likely unfair in in the sense that when it was coming out for what it was, it was probably as entertaining as any other event type of thing that we might have read. But uh, it it. But yeah, it's it. Uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely not something that that I think. Um, I guess I, I I compared it when I was reading it to Avengers Forever, in the sense that I I I love Avengers Forever, and I thought maybe this was going to be the DC version of that, and it was not. It was not. It was no, not. So Is it supposed to be ironic that the gun? That John Stewart reaches for with his power ring to kill himself is yellow. Did mm. you did you notice that? Because well, then he sends his ring away. Right, but so how could won't. the the ring even grab the the gun? Because it's not being used. On. I mean, it, that, that's like saying he can't eat a Twinkie. It's it's not being it. It's not it, the ring doesn't know may not know that he's going to kill himself with it. The ring can't stop him from just picking something up just because it's yellow. Uh, I think it just he can't he can't use and and what how would the ring if 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 someone throws a brick at him and he's got a shield up, the brick is going to bounce off. If someone paints that brick yellow, it's going to go through the shield. So he'd be able the ring wouldn't be able to stop him from from picking up the gun that way because it's yellow. So the ring would just be like, "All right, fuck it, you just picked up a gun." But the 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 blast whatever ammunition might be in the gun if that isn't yellow then the ring would use it too i mean the ring protects him in outer space so the ring would probably stop a blast from going into his head um yeah but yeah i mean it was it's it's interesting color choice and john gets all tough love on him go ahead ahead. yeah it was smirking ear to ear at the end for you johns he's just with the big ass again with the big ass face and a panel of just you know yeah fuck it it's just this martian manhunter's head yeah so thank you patrons so silly thank you this and fun. we will post shortly yeah uh david or- yeah as soon as uh as soon as everybody lets me know what they oh i mean okay so this is yes we're going to um We'll have another 10 or 11, uh, maybe one or two from the previous list. We'll see. But uh, the guys and I will um, decide very soon because we want we want everybody to be able to vote on it by the middle of the month. So if we need to get the book, we can get it and then read it so that we can uh, discuss it at the, uh, the last episode of probably the last episode of July. Um, 
So that'll be up soon. In the meantime, we have a, uh, a Google form that you can find on the Patreon page, uh, where you can give us your suggestions of potential possible book of the month candidates, um, that will eventually probably made its way, made their way onto, onto lists in future months so we can all, uh, decide for that month. Um, and, we kind of want it in order for it to, to make some sense, uh, logistically reasonable and, and realistic. We, um, we're, 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 this was four issues and we're not saying that every collection or every series we're going to talk about for the book of much be four issues. We can, you know, it could be six, could be nine, could be 12 if it's not, you know, stupid dense as long as we have time to read it. But we're trying to, um, pick something that we can talk about in an episode without we, we really don't want a book of the month episode to, to, to carry over. We don't want a three part book of the month discussion, basically. Right. So, so right. no, no if, from hell. No from hell. Right, right. Um, and no, no if Sandman you, in its entirety, nothing. Exactly. Like no, no, all six volumes of Scott Pilgrim. Uh, the, and, and if you have an idea for a title that may have had multiple arcs, um, cause someone did actually suggest the tick. And I think that's great. I don't know if we'll read all 12 issues of Edlin's tick. But what story from the tick exactly were you thinking of recommending? So we, we just need a little bit. I mean, you could, don't say Uncanny X-Men, say, you know, Dark Phoenix Saga. Something, something so that we know what it is that, that, that you're looking for. Don't just throw names of superheroes out there because we'll be lost. But, um, yeah, just, just so, um, that's basically what we're looking for as far as the suggestions go. But the, uh, the, the next list for the next uh, the next vote will uh, will be up real soon once um once we're done tonight and over the weekend the guys and I will um the three of us will cobble a list together that we can throw out there and um sweet as long as you get your messages from from uh, Patreon whenever a new post goes up you guys will see the uh, when voting is open. Yeah, and speaking of Patreon, let's do the uh, the shout outs before we yes, move on we to some not, other comments here. We have failed on the uh the city on the uh mentioning some of our uh patrons who have so generously uh pledged and donated over the past couple of weeks. So um I'm gonna let uh Jason kick that off. All right, respect it. So Shout out goes to our boy Jerry Lando. Not to be confused with Mr. Calrissian. Who we got, Vince? Do I keep going? Oh, you go. go, It doesn't matter. Oh, we're going to alternate? I got got some James Dick. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Jimmy Dick, a.k.a. Uh, Jimmy Dick. We got uh, T. Thomas. Not sure what the T stands for, but thank you very much. Oh, no no first name, huh? Not on that one. Hmm. All right, then. One of, uh, one of my, my favorite mini-comic cartoonists and someone who uh, I had a chance to talk to a little bit at Heroes, and I hope he came away feeling good about himself because he is, like many artists, uh, a tortured artist in that he doubts himself and he really shouldn't because the dude's oh, got sure mad not. talent. Mr. Josh Ginter. Nice. Herman Lou. Excellent. That's my boy Lou. Uh, Scott Burroughs. 
indeed. And somehow it feels wrong that David is not shouting this guy out. <laughs> Former guest of the show, someone who gets into cons uh, because of his participation as a pro in one of our anthologies, Mr. Frankie the Dildonator de Jesus. <laughs> Michael Ash. Who we met at Heroes. Yes. Fantastic fellow. Uh, Colin Mitchell. See Mitch. Respect. Uh, a gentleman who I've been talking with on the Facebooks a bit lately and is a, uh, a fine mem- member of the community, Mr. Juan Meraz. Trev Boyd. Yeah, Boyd. Yeah, I knew it was coming. All right, Mr. Uh, Clayton Stroff. Much love, Clayton. Uh, Mr. Patrick Bazanson. That is a great last name. It is. That is. I'm, I'm green. I'm green. Uh, Joshua Liu. You get all the Lou's. <laughs> you got Herman and Josh. That's right. Oh, Miss. Oh, speaking of um, fabulous member of the community, Mr. Caleb Alexander McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman, I don't know what he does for a living, but I really wish he was a lawyer because how badass would it be if you could say Mr. Patrick Luquire Esquire? <laughs> it would be badass. It would. And uh, last but certainly not least in our hearts and minds, Mr. Rod Hendrick. Hendrick. Yes. Yeah, wrong. Rod I, was uh, Rod. You did. Uh, Rod sat behind us at uh, the auction at Heroes Con. He did. He did. Yep. He did. Rod Hedrick did. And yes. Before we move on and jump into other comics, one last bit of pa- of Patreon news. We reached another goal this week. Whoop, whoop. We have achieved the Hanging with the Dudes goal, and that means that we will host a monthly Google Hangout for patrons. To That's cool. shit. To that's, discuss whatever the hell y'all want to discuss. Now that's video, right? That is video. That's yes. scary. You, uh, I on the on the back channels. I was talking to some friends of ours from another uh, popular podcast that already do a similar thing about the technical logistics of how we're going to pull it off, and I think it is a fairly easy thing to solve for. And so we will pick a date and time. Uh, I don't know about whether we should. Figure out what what day maybe works best for people, or uh, we'll figure it out. But but in the next week or two, we will have our first monthly Google Hangout. And thanks so much to all the patrons because it's a it's an impressive goal and it's a it's a win win. I, I think it'll be fun. It's it's some it's an easy give because it'll be fun to do. Now, will we be capturing this Hangout for posterity? Like, can they go back and rewatch it? Or? I don't know how that works. I. Okay, so as it's been explained to me, and I guess we are going to get into the weeds here, Google Hangout, the, the, that service, has a limit of 10 simultaneous um, attendees. Yeah, we can't have that. No, no, no. But So the way it works is, and this is shout-out to Ron Richards of iFanboy, um, what we need to do is we need to use our YouTube account. We set up a live, a YouTube live event. We do it private like we've been doing our other videos so that only people with the link, we post the link in our patron-only Patreon. They click on the link, and then so the the patrons are on the YouTube live feed that we're running through Google Hangout. So they can ask us questions. I don't think we can see them, though, but they can see us. And then I think because it's on YouTube, we can record it because it's YouTube. But I, that, that we have to double-check. 
Cool. Okay. So, I guess to your point, if we can record it we so will. that people can watch it later, we absolutely will. Sweet. I, I can't say for sure we can do it yet because we haven't tried, but we will certainly try. All right. So comics. Yes, let's move let's on. Let's talk about comics that we loved this week. Oh, there was a oh. bunch of them that I loved. We spent an hour talking about a comic that we didn't so much love. Well, why don't you push us in the right direction, Mr. Wood? Okay. Why don't we start with a book that I know you read, Vince. I read I'm seeing if David read it. Yes, we all read it. Cool. So we'll tag him. Uh, plastic number three. Hoo-hoo! Ah, music to my ears. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's do the rundown. Written by Doug this- Wheeler. Illustrated by Daniel Hilliard. Color art by somebody named Laura Martin. I'm sorry, Wagner. What? Doug Wagner. You said Wheeler. Did I say Doug Wheeler? Wagner. Doug Wagner. That's what. Okay. Yes. And uh, of course, published by Image. Of course. And this book, before we get into it, there are plenty of books we talk about that are adult, whether they be risque or violent or not for kids. This book is for a very specific audience. It is. Unbelievably graphic, unbelievably dark, in in depraved. I would dare say. Nah. So no, it is. So so we let's make sure that people are aware of that. That this book is not for the faint of heart. The first few pages of this particular issue, I thought I'm done with this book. I'm not going to keep reading it. But but it it redeemed itself. Oh really? With this issue? Yes, with this issue in particular. Okay. The the. Brutalizing of yeah, the, the, uh, the yeah, with, with that was sure shit. I, 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 if if that had gone in another direction, I, I, I probably would have tapped out. I can understand that, but mm-hmm. anyway. So go ahead, Vince. You know, the only thing that it doesn't bother me, but the despicable people in this series, and there are many of them, like Deputy. Uh, the 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 deputy that that well now now the sheriff that picks up the hitchhiker uh, what was his name Raskins, um, he's written so despicable, mm-hmm. like there's there's no glimmer of humanity in this person at all. He's just a disgusting, depraved, women hating, uh, oversexed scumbag, and and. You like when he gets his? Y- yes, you're glad. You're glad to see it, but that that doesn't make th- he's he's so despicable that he's not anyone around him that's written less despicable doesn't look any better. Do, does that make sense? Yes. You, yes. Like yes. when Edwin does his thing. It doesn't make Edwin any more or less respectable to me. That, to me, is like that's what anyone would do in that situation. Well, maybe not cut his head off, <laughs> but but anyone anyone would step in if they were in the, in the area to save this woman at the at the hands of this pig. So, if if the goal is to make Edwin like blur the line between serial killer and maybe kind of nice guy, but a, a bit misguided, like it just doesn't work. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I he's he's certainly not redeemable. No, 
Nor is he written that way. I don't think he's written that way. He's written very innocently. Mm. Well, he has sex. Funny, with... I feel like this book of all the books he, we 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 see it differently. Like the first issue, we, Dap and I didn't see it as a comedy, and you did, although you were right because the writer describes it as a comedy. But um, I I don't know if I see him as written innocently. I, I just see him written as an unbelievably un, unhinged guy that that is. Probably the most he, mentally ill character I've ever read in a comic. He he knows what he's doing, but he is he's he's. Uh, I'm not even going to say his heart's in the right place, but it, it's no, he's not he's, he's 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 not innocent. He's not. Uh, it's he just he's he has a very strict sense. Of right and wrong, and right, and his own is, very twisted sense of right and wrong. Exactly, and and it may it may line up with how a lot of people, or a lot of us, feel in, in 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 as far as revenge and 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 crimes being met appropriately. But it's it's not a um, th- there's still something there's still something off about him. If he could be oblivious to other things going on, I, he so he'll he'll dispatch somebody fine, but to not um, but to then just you know oh I'm you know I, I I didn't even realize you know you were still in the back seat or do you want me to drop you off here and it's like so he's not he's 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 just oblivious to well that's the thing he doesn't save the girl. No, saving the girl was a byproduct of what he right. wanted to do. He kills right. the sheriff. If if she wasn't there, the end result would have been the same. If Absolutely. he if he got there a little too late, like say that you know uh, the sheriff did his thing on her and and killed her, I, he would not have any kind of sadness at the fact that oh damn I didn't get there in time to save the girl. He doesn't care about the girl. He wants to kill. The sheriff, because he defiled his woman. That's the whole thing. He licked. Yes, he right. licked Virginia. That's it. The mm-hmm. the fact that the girl is still alive is is yeah, it's lucky her, but that's merely a byproduct of what he originally wanted to do. And the, we know. I mean, the girl clearly is touched as well. Yeah, she's not all there either. Because oh, no. she had ample opportunities to be Anywhere to get else. while the getting's good, and she said, "Can I hang with you?" Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I would. I would hang. I would hang well, with him. That speaks to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a special kind of person too. But <laughs> it's uh, I I still see Invincible in this book. The art the artist oh, is yeah, very yeah, very Cory Walker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ryan Otley meets meets Gore. But but this this issue was like lightning fast, wasn't it? Yes. This one was absolutely was, and it um, it it's one of those. Th- and because because of the way the second issue read, um, I like that it. As long as you were paying attention uh, to things that were done and said in the first issue, this calls back to. So it's not it, it's obvious, and and you know where else is it going to go but in in a certain direction but it it's it didn't it's not 
it's not being dumbed down from issue to issue. As long as you know you you you're aware of what's going on and and you understand if you can uh, this person's mindset, you know. Um, I mean, there were some clues in the second issue because of you know he's 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 on the hunt for for the bait shop and everything that he heard. Um, he's trying to recreate the scene, but it's um, there were definitely things because of what happened in the first issue that that are being called back on. So I I, I like that there's it, it, if you're paying attention, it's it's and if you if you didn't if, if it's still not it's still explained really well and and because of how he works it all makes sense but but the way it's it's written and the way things play out i um i appreciate the little extras that i'm that i'm seeing just by going back to to the first issue and not even it's connected to the second but but you know what i mean yeah what the edwin is a very complex character to say the least. Yeah, because we get a little bit of an of, of insight into the origins of Virginia and what she means to him, mm-hmm. and and he says, "Yeah, we met online, and she mm-hmm. she she helps me. You know, she she's she may be the man I am today. She she helped me. She saved me. She saved me, and and helps me to control my urges. So we know Virginia is a blow up doll." Mm-hmm. Which means she's not real. So this may be Edwin's way of reaching out, knowing that he's not right, and he takes this—not a woman, but a woman—as his companion in order to stop him from killing. Where he knows somewhere that just random haphazard killing is wrong, and and, and it should stop. But this is his. There's, there's something in there is telling him it's not good. Get something to to divert the urges somewhere else, and he reaches out and takes this plastic woman as as his companion. It's just that it there, there's a there's a desire to stop doing what he he's doing. That is, I don't want to say healthy, but it's not crazy. It's it's knowing that well, you've got a problem, and mm. and you're supplanting one vice, let's call it that, with with something else, uh, something that's not going to hurt anyone. You know, right. considering a, a blow up doll is a real person and acting and as if it were, that's a little nuts. But it's it's more manageable and easier to take than if he just went out and just started killing people. So yeah, it's 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 more healthy, even though it's wacko. Right. That's why I love this character. Like he's there's so many things to consider with him. He's not flat he's, out bonkers crazy. Here's well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> he's in, he's in love with a with a blow up doll, and he brutally murders and beheads almost everybody he comes across. So I'm not sure. But they he's all not flat out crazy. But they all deserve it in his mind. But that doesn't that doesn't mean he's not crazy, right? He's absolutely crazy. He's certifiable, yes. but right. Um, People can deserve things, and still, the person doing that isn't rap tight. Here's the question I I want to ask. Other than the 
shock value of what we're seeing and reading on the page, is there anything all that unique or engaging about the story so far? Yeah, Edwin. No, other than I'm saying, other than it being a character study and a really fucked up individual. Well, I think there's a lot to love. Uh, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of unique things in this book. I think it's it's a it it is a unique beast. Name another series that walks and talks like this one. You can't. I can't. It's no, a, it's I a agree, sing, but, it's I, a singular, but I think the uniqueness is born out of the. The shocking level of, of of gore and graphic nature. I, I don't. I don't think the plot so far, or there, I don't think there's been any wow moments in terms of hooks or plot or an arc here. It's it's just I've been entertained on a very base level. Over, I can't believe this dude exists and what a crazy motherfucker he is. I I don't know that I'm seeing a. I don't know where we're supposed to go from here. I think the creative team's very aware that Edwin's the one driving the bus mm-hmm. on, on this series. The, like you said, the plot, it's not all that complex. Um, it, it's pretty standard. It, I mean, right. this is, um, we've seen this a gazillion times on every, uh, on episodic TV. Like there's a person in charge. He's corrupt. He wants to stay in charge. He places people in positions of power to make sure that he gets his way. Somebody comes and fucks with it. It's, it, I mean, that's pretty standard, right? Um, it's, it's all the, the character of, of Edwin. Now maybe this, um, the, the hitchhiker will, will turn into something as well. Uh, Gwen, her name is. So maybe she'll be his. Maybe she'll be her his true life. You know, no. Like maybe she it's, for her to be so nonplussed, in a sense. Like she she gets she gets a little frazzled by the whole thing, but she bounces back very quickly. Mm-hmm. Someone, I mean, Edwin's driving around with a man with a hole in his head. In the shotgun seat. And it's really not phasing her all that much. Lends me to believe that she has something in her past that... No, that's what I'm saying. She's oh, absolutely. touched, too. Yes, yeah, because, I mean, for her to... She, she wants to... She, she definitely wants to get out of Dodge, and, and so she wants to go anywhere but here. She's definitely seen some shit in my eyes. And and to just... Yeah, to, she, she's practically... You know, she's she's she gets picked up from hitchhiking because someone wants to violate her and then that's all done away with and and you know Edwin's also apologizing for being almost crotch to crotch while he's trying to get her out of the handcuffs and and it's it so so she's taking it all in I'm not I, I don't think she is like Edwin in the sense that you know she may have these same types of urges or, or reacts to situations the same way he does, but they're they're on something of a, of a similar wavelength, and it, I'm I'm hoping she's I'm hoping their relationship kind of sticks along the same lines. I don't I, I'd hate for it to to be swerve, and and you know she's just yeah, part I, of the the, the, the evil. Time. I wonder if she's going to create a rift between he and his plastic girl 
I, if something yeah. happens to Virginia, then I think that, um, that maybe she'll step in to, to, to fill that void. The thing I don't want to see is, um, her doing something to the doll in order, like, because we haven't seen, we haven't been given insight into her past. So she could want to be with Edwin. She could do something to the doll. Right. I, right. I don't want to see her like the end of Henry portrait of a serial killer. I don't want to see her in a suitcase on the side of a ro- uh, the road at the end. You know what I mean? I don't want to see her destroyed. That, w- that would be expected in a sense. Yeah. I, w- I want to see something as complex with this relationship as complex as the character of, of Edwin. I expect it at this point. I don't expect it to be a rote ending to this series. No. I have um have you guys read other things by Wagner? Not that I can recall, no. I he actually wrote a uh, Impractical Jokers comic, Vince, but uh he's he's uh Is Sal in it? Then I, then I probably wouldn't read it. Oh, no, <laughs> it's probably a one shot for uh, for all the guys. But uh, he's uh, written Witchblade Red Sonia. Um, oh, I read that. The uh, he writes uh, Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, General Mills presents the Justice League. So it he hasn't, but he's been writing since I think the the nineties. So I'm not sure. I don't this. He has a knack, Wagner has a knack for, uh, for the dialogue. I, I, I really like the way the characters speak to one another and, and all, all have their own unique, uh, ticks and, and nothing is, there is a lot of, uh, things that, there are things that happen in the story that, that are, that could be shocking depending on how much you've seen in your life or what you're used to. And, uh, but it doesn't, it's, it's weird. I mean, it, it's not, they don't sound over the top. Everything just comes natural to every, every whatever Edwin's doing is just, that's Edwin. And, uh, the big bad who wants revenge is just, he, he's, he sound he reads like that type of character from from those old movies, but nothing is um yeah, Bellavo's cookie cutter. He's a cookie cutter bad guy. Right, right. Which which is is fine, for, fine. for what his yeah. purpose is. Yeah. Uh but it's not but 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 he doesn't he doesn't talk the way everybody everybody has a unique voice is basically um what I'm saying, I'm looking at a picture of Wagner right now. I can't really look away from it. He kind of looks a little bit like Robin Williams. Um, oh, poor guy. <laughs> stop. But, but um, it, it's, I, no, I, I'm, I'm still, now with Gwen in the mix, I, I, I need to see, I've said it with each issue, you know, I got to see where it's going next. But now that Gwen has been added, um, and Edwin is free and, and is, is, uh, you know, on the road to revenge, I am dying to see where uh, where we're going next. Yep, agreed. Th- this is seasoned stuff. Um, Wagner is, as far as I'm concerned, a, a, a seasoned writer because look how much mileage 
we got out of three issues of a series of a series that just came out of nowhere. We, we, yes, the premise is was enticing to me, so I sought this out. But once we got in this little world, I mean, we've been talking about this every, every issue that comes out. Boom, we are on it. How many books do we really do that with? Mm-hmm. We get hot on a book, and it's like, yeah, okay, we kind of forget about it. Even the the, the really great stuff, like Seven to Eternity, we've let that lapse. As great as that book is, we've we've slipped a yeah, little. Yeah, we mentioned we, we mentioned it when an issue's out, or we'll ask if we've read it, and it may be in a new travels. Right. But I mean, we yeah. haven't gone knee deep. No, but plastic, we're on it every issue. time yeah. it comes out. Boom. So that's right. that really speaks to the the quality of the book, I think. It does, and I guess we won't be talking about uh, um, seven to eternity, five and six. Then no. I didn't read six. I did read five. Oh, gotta get on that. I didn't know six was out. That's what yes. I'm saying. Um, I'm a little bit confused. About okay, because there's a book that is getting a lot of play. There's a lot of lot of hubbub going around mm-hmm. about about this title. Um, one of our uh, friendly uh, podcasts. Okay, now wait. All right. So see, now I didn't. I wasn't ready to to, to talk about this yet since we okay. kept them talking about Cosmic Odyssey. No, we can. It was just that we talked about Cosmic Odyssey, and then next thing was all right. Let's talk about comics we loved. I didn't think we were going to go to. Oh, so you I'm, feel this? All right, but just let, let it me. It might be let, too soon. It right. Too soon. Let me just pose the question. Um, one oh, fuck of, it. Just talk about it. Just all right. One it. of our 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 good friends, uh, the podcast, they they chose this book as the pick of the week, and I'm like, uh-huh. and, well, and, I, be, and to be clear, it was. I mean, Connor chose it. It's okay. It's, just as we hate when people lump us all into having one opinion, yes. it's the pick of the week works. Each guy alternates uh, their rotation, so and they have the pick of the week. So this Connor Kilpatrick picked it as the pick. Okay, of the week. so it would not have been Ron or Josh's. All right, I'm putting pointing the finger at him then. And um, there, there have been assorted um, people on the Facebooks who have praised this book, saying, "And you know, it's oh, it's best thing I've read since." You know, Batman sliced bread, and and it's it's exciting, and I I just I I want to tell everybody that this book is good. So so I read Dark Days: The Forge, number one. You poor bastard. And I don't understand where the phrase is coming. It's I not know. even it's not even a story. No, no. What I don't get is the art teams change from page. It's it's like. It's not even different chapters. It's just like, here's Batman and Mr. Miracle, drawn by John Romita Jr. and Klaus Jansen. Psych! Now they went down a corridor, and here's Jim Lee and Scott Williams. It's like, I don't understand why, how, how, how the art teams change just from, from page to page. Not even, here's the dream with Hawkman, and now here's something with Green Lantern and, and Duke, and oh my fucking god, why? Why? If, if Green Lantern breaks in, to the Batcave, in air quotes, and Duke goes to stop him. And GL makes quick work of him. He's like, seriously, kid, what's your name? I thought Batman, you know, wasn't still, he's still dealing with the, the kid's sidekicks, I guess, but what's your name? And he's just like, Duke, I don't have a code name yet. It's like, motherfucker, if you wanted to, how do you just give up 
all the information. You know, well, you have me in your clutches, but your boys are Batman because you're on the Justice League, so what the fuck, I'll just tell you. But he is aware of Hal Jordan being Green Lantern, so there may be some reverence there. Like, okay, I know I'm beat. This is this is the best Green I know Lantern. I'm beat. Well, <laughs> nice, I'm nice, I'm just nice. giving you a little little nod there, but I don't really believe it. But I'm just saying, this man has presence, especially among the hero community. This is Hal well, Jordan. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. No, I mean, I'm just, just saying. Seemed, I'm not. I'm seemed, not I mean, it just seemed odd to me that that he's supposed to guard the Batcave with his life. I'm, I can't let anybody in, even family. But what the fuck? I'll, I'll is my name. Here's my number. Give me a call. We'll hang out sometime. We'll be, shoot some hoops. But it's oh it, Jesus. <laughs> I, the, the 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 two best things for me in this issue was the panel featuring the outsiders and plastic man sort of plastic man right uh now i didn't do any research on this at all oh i didn't either but all i know is that apparently everything that scott snyder's ever written about batman ever all ties into this right but this issue, to me, feels like a free comic book day issue. Oh, yes. And I'm thinking, did, well, did somebody... You, it reads more like a zero issue, is I think what you're saying. It, no, it specifically feels like a, a free comic book day issue, meaning, uh, this is this is my, my question, did somebody drop the ball and, and didn't have the art in on time, and so they solicited this as a... As a regular issue, because I mean, it really—it's so disjointed and all over the place, and the, the multiple creative teams—it just feels like something that they would give away on Free Comic Book Day. Because it, right. it, it's all—it's all set up. There's no story here at all. Something to do with nth metal and 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 Batman putting a tower underneath the fortress of solitude. Like I don't understand any of this. <laughs> To make it even look at it's uh, when I I, uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I I gotta I gotta diverge from you two on this. Okay. Wow, I, I love about it. Okay. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I I thought it was quite entertaining. I mean, I don't know if I would say it was a pick of the week. Like, I don't know if it would have been my favorite book I've read this week, but but I I thought for what it was, it was it was it did the job. I think it. It 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 introduced all the key players to an upcoming event, and it left me wanting more. I thought all the characters read true to themselves. Uh, I thought it was a little odd, to your point, David, that the art varied from page to page, but I think it's saved by the fact that it's some legendary GOAT-style artists involved. Uh, you know, I mean, Jim Lee and Ramita are, are from, but in most people's eyes, is, is as good as it gets. Um, as, as you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest... Jim Lee fan myself, but but I, I got respect for the fact they got Jim Lee to do the book. Um, yeah, no, I dug it, man. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was what it was. It, 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 I think the whole point of this book was to raise a bunch of questions, which knowing knowing the quality of writer that Scott Snyder is, we're going to get the answers to all these questions, and it's all going to be wrapped up in a beautiful bow by the end of the, of, the, of the series. So I got no issue with lots of questions. We were left with a ton of questions by design. Uh, and I, I have no problem with that. So, but to, to me, this was this was pretty dope. I, I'm pretty jazzed. I, I'm jazzed by the questions. I, I want to know why is Plastic Man in a in an egg? Why I want to know why you know we haven't seen Hawkman 
really much in the new 52 of any import. Did they just so. kill him off recently? Was they did, I'm not aware of it. I don't know. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I guess I didn't look at this with a critical eye beyond it. I thought it was well-paced. It was action-packed. It's It's got the heavy hitters in it. Um, and I, I don't doubt that I don't need the answers in the first issue. I need this to all make sense by the end. And if it doesn't make sense at the end, then I'll be critical as fuck about it. But, but are you aware of when this story is going to end? It's, it's, it's not going to finish till like December starts in August. Yeah. It's not going to finish till the end, almost the end of 2018. Holy shit. I'm I'm pretty like, that's a long stretch. I'm not going to remember. I don't remember any of it now. No, I don't. Well, I mean, we we read. Well, this is other... one of two prequels, right? This oh, is one it? of two one-shot prequels. Okay. To metal. So, yeah, to metal. But I'm guess I'm, I'm from what I've seen. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody who wants to actually do the research, metal is not going to finish till the second half of 2018. That's that's an incredibly long stretch. The the you only didn't have a, you didn't have a problem with with. With our boy Miller taking ten special, issues, special case, dude. almost two two years. <laughs> this is a special case. That, that, okay. That's a legendary. Case. The the only thing I took away from this issue is that Hawkman, God bless him, one of my favorites, is going to be front and center in this. Thing. As is Plastic Man. We haven't seen Plastic Man in years. It's that's, that's cool, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's just I'm, I I wasn't. For six bucks, wasn't that how much this issue was? Six dollars? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. It, it, well, it, <laughs> for, for six bucks, I'm guessing, or I, I was hoping that there may have been somewhat something of a story to it. It's just, it just all vignettes of things that will be explained at a later date. And for six dollars, I, I, I want a little bit more than that. That's, that's it. That's, uh-huh. that's all I'm saying. Well, I'm not going to, and I'm never going to. Smirch you for complaining about a six dollar price of a book that that is the suck, but um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I did look at this like in a zero issue, especially it's a one shot, so it is. I mean, a it one is, shot can be, it, yes, it, it, yeah, it's called number one, but it's 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 just a one shot, it's a, it is a prequel, so as a prequel, it sets the stage for who the key players are, it leaves you with questions, which we're gonna get Schneider and Capullo giving us. A series that, as you alluded, and Snyder had said in many interviews, he has been dropping interstitial clues about all of this for the entirety of his 50-issue run of Batman. Yeah. And so, again, you tell me that one of DC's top writers who wrote one of the best runs in Batman in our lifetimes, is this is the payoff that he's been building to for five years? I'm in. I'm okay. in. I'm, I'm not going to, you know. I think the best... Uh way for me to read this is to wait till it's all done and read the collected edition. Yeah, yeah. 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 See that. So yeah. I, I yeah. won't be smirched this for being an incomplete story right now. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I will judge. Uh, I mean, when it comes out, I'll judge. But this as a standalone issue does not work as a standalone issue. No, and that's and that's I'm I'm judging this on this, on the pages that I have in front of me, I'm not. I'm right. not worried about what's coming next. I'm not. I, I, I didn't read everything that Snyder wrote about Batman. So I mean, I, I like the. Um, you know, we we see Duke's mother. 
um, which again, because of the joke of Venom, and I, I remember that whole scene and, and that had Duke become a Robin and then end up getting pretty much taken in, excuse me, by Bruce. So, I mean, I, I'm aware of some of the clues. Um, I'm guessing Mr. Terrific was on Earth 2 and, and, or he was on in, yeah. in that book. And, and so, I mean, it's easy enough to follow along. It's, it's weird to me that, um, so fair play means I'm cool with keeping Batman's secrets, but just not cool. It, it's not, it's fair play to keep his secrets, but it's not fair play to be sneaky to other people I'm working with. It was, it, it was just weird to have all of a sudden have him just point to his sleeve and go, you know, that's why I wear this. And, it, it's one of those, there were some neat things that were in it. And, and, you know, if you're going to have Al Jordan playing detective and I, I, I dig the whole Hal and Duke team as they're walking further down into the caves. Um, I will. And by the as, way, what the hell's going on on the last page? That's a, oh, absolutely. But the whole, yeah, because I mean, who, uh, people are, you know, they're hearing voices as they're going further down and there's homeboy and, and he's just like, yeah, here I am. And it's, it's a, um, it, they're definitely, yes, they're, this was, this was designed to give you questions that, that, that will need to be answered. Um, it's designed I'll, to get you to buy more books. Sure. They all are. They all, I mean, that, right. that's why things... But end. every big two book is. Sure. Exactly. So I'll, like Vince, I'll, I'll read the collected version, but I'll, I, I will wait and, and maybe I'll check out an issue or two based on I'm gonna talk Jason's about enthusiasm. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> that, that'll be, that, that'll be Jason's plastic will be, will be metal. Um, so yeah, so we'll, so, so Vince, you and I won't have metal to and plastic. read it. That's it, baby. Yeah, we need a book called Paper. Oh, Paper Girls. But it, the, 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 um, there you go. The, uh, the best two Batman books I read this week were, were written by Tom King. So at least I, I did read good Batman stories and, and not so saying this wasn't good, but. Wait, so the best two Batman books. So you're talking about Batman 25? Yeah. talking about that. Yep. Okay. And then you're talking about the Batman Elmer Fudd thing? Oh yes, I didn't read it yet. I but read it. I will. Oh, you got you. Then we will not talk about it until you guys read it. Okay. I, I I need to know what you guys think about it. I heard it was great. I think I I've read, I've read this one. I've read the Legion Superheroes Bugs Bunny. I've read Lobo, Roadrunner, and as of right now, Tom's is the. Best and I, I did like. To be I, I, I like Lobo. Well, Lobo drawn by Kelly Jones. Yeah, I, you know, and, but it's and that that was a crazy wigged out story. Um, and I liked Grummet's version of the Legion, but no, this as far as a story, trying to merge the DC universe and or at least Batman and the the Looney Tunes. Characters, uh, Tom nailed it. It was it was a fantastic issue. So I just want you guys to read it. Yeah, from what I've seen, the DC Universe Warner Brothers books are succeeding where the DC Universe Hanna Barbera books failed. Yes, and that's exactly yeah. And as I as I read the rest of them, because I have to read the the Wonder Woman and the, I'm looking forward to the Yosemite Sam Jonah Hex. Um, but as I 
everyone, even if of, of the three that I read, as, as one's better than the next, that they've all even even my least favorite of these mashups are better than the best we've read from the Hanna Barbera. Yep. Now, why don't you tell them why you loved Batman Twenty Five so much? Oh man! I'll, uh, I'll play some Barry Manilow in the background and can't smile without you. Uh, first, um, sure as hell isn't that variant cover. The art is is amazing. Um, Pretty great. It it he just Mikhail just 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 has an unbelievable way with with a line. Uh, written by Tom King, Mikhail Jane and pencils, inks and colors. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, and cover. Jim Chung does colors and. Um, it it's a it's a setup issue. It's the uh, it's it's the first part of uh, the war of jokes and riddles. Uh, but it's basically Batman narrating, or I'm sorry, Bruce narrating the story of of how uh, how this all started. And uh, it, it's basically Joker just Joker's it's like Shawn Michaels now. Joker's lost his smile, and and he uh, he's um, he's he wants he wants to laugh, and we find out that the detectives, the detectives of the Gotham City Police Department and the guards at their prisons and at Arkham are some of the dumbest of bitches. <laughs> because the detectives and okay, you know what I I'm going to use I'm going to use the resources that are available to me if I can't figure something out if I don't want Batman. To solve my goddamn, to, to do my work for me, let me let me use the Riddler. Uh, see if he can give me some insight on it. Now, what's the worst that could happen? Why, why would he ever use me to his advantage? So, um, the detectives have been using Riddler to uh, solve some crimes, uh, but the part that absolutely drove me crazy was that. Um, as as the Riddler is leaving and all the guards are facing off against him to uh to stop him from from leaving, uh he's just standing there in a roll and, and there's like maybe a dozen, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve guards standing between Nigma and the door, and they're all cocked and ready to go with their guns, and you have Nigma just standing there and he just rattles off names. Joanna Elizabeth Sanchez. And there's a pause, and he says, Lillianne Langford. And I find out that that's one of the guard's daughter's name. Uh, Fatima, Lori Jane, Tanya. He's just running down the names, the loved ones, the, the wives, the mothers, the daughters of the guards that he's facing. And we find out that Riddler was helping a guard bet on some games. But gamble on some sports games, and and he um he didn't want anything in return that would help him escape. He just wanted information on the guards. And again, why would anybody ever think that he'd be able to use that to his advantage? So he strolls out of the prison and um, makes his way to the Joker, who is still just having a bitch of a time 
finding anything funny. Uh, and we end up, uh, they, they, they end up facing off against each other. They're there. They're having a nice little conversation. Riddler's making a, trying to make a deal with Joker. Uh, not going to say how it goes. Um, but Batman does something. Batman finally shows up in, in his own book, a couple pages towards the end of the issue. Um, explains to Selena, who he's telling the story to, uh, why he chose to do what he did. And then the, the events that happen, that, that, that start to happen, um, that kind of trigger, that, that are triggered from that. And, uh, and that's how we're going to get into this war and, and sides will be chosen. And I, um, I, much to, um, Vince's regret or chagrin, I am, a big Riddler fan, so it, to, to see him in a story where um, he's kind of getting uh, top billing with Batman's number one nemesis um, makes me happy, pleases me, and I think I think he is done up really well here. I like this version of Riddler. This just proves that any character in the hands of a good writer can be compelling. I don't like the Riddler. I like Tom's Riddler. Nice. Yeah. He's interesting. Yes, he really is. You know, he's not Frank Gorshin, giggling nope. like a like a hyena. Uh, he's not Jim Carrey. He's not Jim. You know, I mean, in in, in the past, the, the, the comics have, have always mirrored yes. the, the movies. So the Riddler was kind of goofy. Uh, for a, a couple stretches, and then you know the uh, more, more able writers would get in there, and they'd make him or less editorial control, I should say, and they he would revert to the the classic Riddler, and he he, he I alternate between disliking him and 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 tolerating him. Tolerating yeah, him. I, I thought this was a good take on the Riddler. He's interesting, and the Joker is a salty bastard. He really is. He's all no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, um, uh, the romantic in me loves the fact that this entire story is being told by Bruce to Selena. <laughs> so chances are good. <laughs> she didn't say no. She's she's no. she's leaning more towards yes, but she needs a little bit more information first, as if she didn't know him already. But it's always nice to have you know all of the data before you make a a, a decision. That gives me hope because they're looking pretty chummy in that last panel. No doubt. Yeah, I loves mm-hmm. you, Bruce. I got my hand on your knee, mm-hmm. naked man. And uh, so yeah, it's it's very promising, but. It stuns me that this is the same artist that did Justice League Dark. As you will remember, I did not have kind words for that series. Yeah, yeah. that when, is true. When Yenin was on it, I, it, it was just hurting my eyes all over the place. But this, uh, he has, he, he has grown by leaps and bounds. He's he's perfecting oh, yeah. his craft. This is stunning stuff. I will go so far as to say that for a long part of the time we've done this show, Marvel on average had better artists Mm -hmm. because DC seemingly wanted to stick to a particular house style. And 
maybe it's just maybe it's just in my head, but I feel like we've completely done a 180 there. I think that Marvel's been going. Now they're again they're they're as not to say they're not great artists at Marvel. They absolutely are, but um, but but I feel like there's also a lot of artists that are guys you've never heard of, women you've never heard of, many European artists. I'm, I'm going to presume because they're less expensive. They have particular styles. Whereas DC, as eye popping art, I mean, that last week, right? I mean, Stefan Sedgwick on Aquaman? I mean. It's proving your point because there's a right? preview in this Batman issue. And Sedgwick's art is amazing in Aquaman it's, 25. It's absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. And, you know, like we said, I, I've been reading Aquaman, though. I've read all 25 issues. I, I and, and I. How do I say this? I when I saw Sedgwick was taking over the book, I was reluctant at first because I think of him, I guess inappropriately, as the Witchblade guy. Sure, yeah, the top or cow. the Darkness guy, artifacts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of the you know the top the top cow guy. Um, I didn't know his art had this kind of depth of character to it, but um, wow. Well, to your to to your point, his art back in Witchblade did not have this depth of character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he again, like Yenin, Sedgwick used um, whatever it was that he was, uh, whatever application he was using. Could have been Photoshop, could have been Illustrator. He used that as a crutch. He, it, he, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a, the, the, the scales in the Witchblade, that was just a brush. And he just, and he did it well, but it was st- there was a stiffness to it. This is wicked painterly. And there's very little traces. I mean, yes, I can see them. But the, the traces that this was produced digitally are not as glaringly obvious as right. they were when he was doing Witchblade. Right. Now, David, you, you clearly have read a bunch of Riddler. I have not. Uh, this, to me, seemed like a much more daunting Riddler. I guess I always viewed Riddler as someone who wasn't physically imposing, but right. used his mind to achieve his end goals. Whereas in this book, the Riddler is physically fit. Yep. He's big. He's, bu- he's built probably bigger than the Joker. Uh, I mean, he's a muscular guy, and he's dangerous. I mean, he, he attacks the cop. He's a physical threat as yep. well as... Pres- so is, is that... In line with the modern Riddler, is that a new Fifty Two thing? Has he always been that way? Is that a is this a first? Is this the first you're seeing him like this? This is pretty much the first I'm seeing because even even in in Hush, he was the little skinny right. dude. Right. So yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah, this is this is new to me. Um, okay. And it, physically is, is is one thing, but but as he's as he's going through the issue. And, and his riddles and his puzzles. And I mean, I, th- those are the, I, I, I love that shit. Like the whole thing with, you know, the, the guy who was monitoring the, the club and, and listening to what everybody was saying and, and had a response to the bouncer. And, and I mean, I, that I don't, I want to, I, Tom could just write a book of riddles and, and puzzles and, and I would read the shit out of that. I, there was, there were so many, um, and I, I think this is, I think the internet is, is 
the perfect dude for this particular story because as as enjoyable as Finch's work has been on Tom's Batman, I think if Finch were to draw this story, then we'd get a bigger Riddler. And that's that's a little bit going too far in the other direction. This is this is good. Yeah, um, and Finch is not as adept in the, in, in the quieter moments. Yes, yes, yes. Because right. he's, no, very, he right. he's very action-oriented. If yeah. Finch drew the discussion between the Riddler and the Joker, it would look very, very different. It would. It would. It'd be And Crosshatch City. And, I mean, and, and where we get, like, we were enjoying the, uh, the, the I'm Suicide story and, and what Yan was doing as, as Catwoman and, and the ventriloquist are going through, uh, the, the bowels of, of, of the island and, it, the double page spreads where he's he's just going all out. It, when when Riddler shows up in the penthouse and and we have the two double page spreads. I mean the floor, the the background of the city. Um, when when uh, Joker kind of turns down Riddler's offer and and we're looking down on that on that panel and 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 there's the reflection of of the floor and it just it's it's a Beautiful book. I, uh, Yen and, and, and Chung just do some fantastic work together, and and I, I would absolutely love to see. I mean, just judging by the first chapter alone, I don't know how long this this story is supposed to run, but but I want I, I will get a collection of, of this arc, no doubt. Yeah, man, um, we're becoming a a Tom King. Uh, uh, Tom King show. <laughs> we, yeah, we we uh, we we're blowing big head up uh, every other week. Now, David, riddle me this: <laughs> When did the Riddler get so vicious? Is this a this is a time? Well, yeah, that's part of what I was asking. I, yeah, I, I think this is. I, I think it is. I, I think this is. This is. I know. I don't know how often the Riddler's shown up in New Fifty Two, or even. Well, I mean, this is the first time I'm seeing him. Post rebirth, um, so I don't know what he's been doing in the New Fifty Two. So I, um, I'm not sure if he was similar to this, or if this is if this is Tom's take on Nigma, and and maybe this is how it'll be for a while, uh, or if if uh, I'd be curious to know. Um, but yeah, I don't remember him being if if he couldn't. If he couldn't punk you with with some puns, then you know he really wasn't the kind of guy who would go toe to toe with anybody. And and um, but yeah, I mean, to see him take a glass shard to to, and then I okay, so he couldn't he couldn't kill him with one blow, so he ends up stabbing him twenty six times, one for each letter of the alphabet. And it's just like uh-huh. yeah, I don't. That's 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 not that's never been it for me, and it's fine here, but it, that that's never been. The Riddler to me. That's 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 the Joker. That's almost any other of Batman's rogues, but never I would have imagined Nigma. So um Well he's more mental than physical. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So this is so this is this is new to me. I don't know how new it is, but it, it's definitely new to me. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, big time. Maybe too. Uh can I throw some love to a book? Absolutely. Do you have to ask? Right? Well, you ask all the time. I he do does. not. Oh my I get god! Mad for you, you do. All right. <laughs> throw, throw some love. 
Okay. Uh, published by Albatross Funny Books. Oh, I know where we're going. Written by my new bestie, Fabian <laughs> Rangel Jr. Art by my other bestie. Well, y'all are my besties, my, but my friend, Logan Fairber. Talking about the first two issues. The third issue hit the stands today. I have not yet read it because I'm buying oh, it physically. It? It okay. Did. Yes, it did. Because I think he had all three issues at Heroes. Damn, I wish I'd have known that. I would have pre- no, I pre-ordered it, though. Okay. Uh, but we are talking about Nam Wolf. Yep. Issues boy. number one and two. Uh, little precursor. We may or may not be having an interview with Fabian going up <laughs> on site soon. Um, we also may or may not be doing a deep dive on a certain OGN written by Fabian soon called Tarantula. Maybe. <laughs> Gotta I, I haven't gotten my copy yet. I haven't right. got mine either. Oh, oh yeah. all right. Then I'll Gap is the only one it. who has it yeah. because he got it yeah. at Heroes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine should be here next week if I'm looking at my DCPS right. But uh, in any event, um, we're talking about Nam Wolf. Nam Wolf, as you might guess from the name, <laughs> is a story about a werewolf in Vietnam. And we've talked about Mr. Rangel before, or more specifically, Vince has talked about Fabian before with Space Riders. Um, this book is wonderful in its simplicity. It is exactly what you would think it is based on the title. Marty Spencer is a scrawny dude who gets drafted to fight in Vietnam. His family's got a secret. That secret is that they're werewolves. And again, I'm not spoiling anything, guys. The name of the book is Nam Wolf, so please don't tell me I'm spoiling the book. Uh, so it's what happens when a werewolf is put into the middle of, of the Vietnam War. And this book is is just, I just thought it was so much fun. I mean, um, first of all, and I'm dying to ask Baby in this. I'm going to ask him when we do the interview. <laughs> this to me is like the, the plot of Teen Wolf merged with <laughs> a, a non-movie. Platoon. Because if you remember... Teen Wolf, right? The dad was reluctant to tell his son about their legacy as a werewolf, and then it, then he's, it, then he he turns into a werewolf in the middle of a basketball game. <laughs> That's pretty much the same thing here. Marty gets drafted, and his dad's trying to tell him about the family secret, but he doesn't have the heart to, so he gives him a letter and says, "Open it. You'll know when you need to open it." <laughs> and then dude gets shot at in Vietnam, and he turns into a werewolf and wrecks wrecks him some Viet Cong ass and turns out dude is a werewolf and uh, that's it dude like there's no subtext here like this is just a classic horror action book yep. you get what you think you're getting it is it's an advertising right it, there, there's no subtext there's no underlying message there's no political underpinnings or message to society this is Fabian being a huge fan of exploitation films and horror films and making a a, a book about it. That's and exactly it, what I was going to say. This could have been a movie that I watched on Saturday afternoons. Yeah, uh, and like you know Dr. This about Shock. Fabian. I mean, he loves. I don't. I, I'll never say anyone is as big a fan of schlock horror as you, because you you may be one of the five biggest living schlock horror fans out there, no hyperbole, <laughs> but he is an unabashed fan of that stuff, too. Because he's smart. And, 
No, well, it's not about being smart. I'm saying that's his, that's his, <laughs> or his motivation is. But this book, as much as I love the book and its its simplicity and and the pacing, which is all to to, to Fabian, Fairbird's the star here. I mean, I think the cartooning in this book is just wonderful. Yeah, I wouldn't lump it all on him. I think Matt no. Wagner's son did a great job on the yes. colors. Now, Brennan. Brennan you know what? I, I totally didn't work. think about that. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Because um, as soon as I saw the first page, I knew I saw this line work before, and that's from the um, the Oak Hill Strike miniseries, which is basically just the the cable, oh, Liefeld cable, um, not parody, but but, right. but spoof, and that that work wasn't as clean or as good looking. Thanks to the colors here, than um, than Namwolf. N- Namwolf looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, and the and the vampire. That's well. what I was going to say. The Vietnamese vampire when Viet Vamp, dude. How sick is that? Viet Vamp. I love it when he erupts on the scene. Wagner's color choices are so smart that his reds have a little bit of yellow in them, right? right. Because the vampire is green. Mm-hmm. You know, with a, there's a, there's a tinge of blue in the green too. I mean, it's just the those two pages when when the the vampire erupts and he's like, ah, mm-hmm. and then he's chasing the grunts through the 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 grass. Those two panels are a star. I love them. They're, they're perfect. The the mm-hmm. create, and it's not just Brennan. I mean, the composition, the drawing, the the yeah. the, the flow of the. It, I mean, they're not the the drawing style. It's not labored over at all. It's very solid figure drawing, very solid creature creation. I I love this book, and yes, it does push the the horror buttons. Where the, I mean, this could have been a cheap movie. In, without the gore, in the fifties, this could have been on Saturday mornings. I mean, it's all there. The premise is so cool, and 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 it just speaks like Nam Wolf. It's so silly, but it works. It is. It works, dude. It works. Again, it. This is not. Sometimes we we get into books and we go deep, 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 and there's a lot of subtext, and this is not that. This is not no. that. This is exactly what you think it is when you buy the book because of the name. Yeah, what about, and I love it. What about the Scottish vampire or Scottish werewolf in the kilt? With with the oh yeah, that is so cool. Like I want to, I want to, I want to see a story about the Scottish vampire. I want to see a story about the, you know what I mean, the World War Two yeah, werewolf. Yeah, the wor- no, it, it's 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 a wonderful thing, and and I just, uh, you know, this falls into the, the the, it, it's just good fun. You know, it's 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 like um like grizzly bear, right? Or 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 the the shirtless bear fighter. It's it's just is what it is. It's it's escapist fun for the sake of it. It's reminding you that things can be things can be awesome even if they're just one dimension. Right. Well, level. that's the thing. I think in in any kind of creative endeavor, the the goal is to retain whatever it is that you've done. Right. Persistence of that creation in the minds of your audience or viewers or readership or whatever. That's tough to do. It's tough to bubble up to the top of the the surface to, to get attention. And this yeah. is, a, is, a, is a simple premise 
that it, you know it's beautiful in its simplicity, but it's it it there, there there's no backstory necessary. You don't have to do any any kind of research to get into this this tale. It's it's very it's there, and I think because of its simplicity and because it's so beautifully rendered and colored and written that this is good, like Space Riders. Space Riders to me. I remember what I read in the last issue of Space Riders because it's so unique, so different. The art's great, the story's great, blah, 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 on and on, right? This is the same thing. It's, it, it has staying power in my mind. And that's tough to do with all the noise that goes on in, in daily life. And we read a hell of a lot of comics. To, to remember what happened last issue, that takes some doing. I mean, if you're, if you're sticking with me, you're doing something right. You, you, no you, doubt. Yeah, it's magic. This is so perfect, and it's 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 just beautiful. Agreed. Yep. And shocking too. Yeah. Like the poor. Listen, that's it. I, I don't like I said. I just wanted to re- I just wanted to shout it out because it's it was so much fun, and they're they're quick, easy reads, and and Fairbird just just crushes it. So. Yeah, like it. So it there are comedic elements to it. And there are some. I, I would say that the violence in Nam Wolf is more extreme than in Plastic. But it's it's done in a cartoony way. Like the, right. guys get their heads sliced in in multiple sections. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. It, it's um, very visceral. But the thing that got me was we're all we're introduced to um, uh, Marty's uh, platoon. Over mm-hmm. in the Nam, and it's like, and each of them have their own personalities. Yeah, and 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 we get to know them, and immediately one of them takes a bullet to the head. Oh yeah. So it's just like this is the reality of of Nam. You 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 didn't know whether you were going to step on a mine, catch a bullet in the face. Uh, you were constantly aware of your mortality in here, and that, and that's in the first like what five pages. Boom! We we see a guy just bleh, head explode, and the shit literally hits the fan, and that's when Marty starts to react, and and transforms. It's just great. It's it's not American Werewolf. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> well, he is an American Werewolf, but he's not in London. He's in he's in um. It's freaking awesome. The spreads in this thing. <laughs> I want a hardcover. Mm-hmm. No doubt. What else we got? Oh, we got lots. Of uh, well, I mean, it's gonna go I long because there's a lot. I got a lot. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> if I talk about what I want to talk about, I'm gonna add an hour. Let me just do a quick thing. interstitial and get out of the way because Dap already did a deep dive on this last week. But just to echo him because I didn't have a chance to read it before he talked about it last week. Uh, Jimmy's bastards. Yeah. Oh man, so much fun! I read it. So no! much. Fun. Uh, I did read speak it. Speak on it. Russ Russ Braun doesn't know how good he is. Yes. Dude has got no kind of confidence, and it's ridiculous because he's so good, so good. And uh, again, I don't want to spend too much time because Dap already uh, gave you all a synopsis last week. But man, it was fun. It was funny. It was well paced. It was naughty. It was uproarious. Uh, dude was as believable a bond as there is. Like it's 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 pretty much Bond just named something different, 
Um, it's a hyper-exaggerated Bond, though. No, but it's just great, right? Because Bond yeah. is, I mean, it, like Bond is exaggerated, right? I mean, as a, at, he's he is right as a as a as a as a character, and so I don't know. It just feels right to have an exaggerated exaggeration, you know. Um, just so funny. I mean, the fact that the blimp was Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, it just cracked me <laughs> up. And the fact that the that the the ISIS guys were fucking plants. Like the, the whole thing just. I, it's just so fun. And this book has levels. Like this book has layers. It, it oh, also sure. is a puerile experience. Yeah, it's it's an experience for the id, but it it actually has layers. So it's a different experience. But um, and I just love the idea that fucking James Bond has thousands of kids at a wedlock. It's just great. He would it's so right? funny. Yeah. He would. It's just wonderful. It's so funny. It, I, I just it's such a simple idea, and yet it's so funny and so poignant and. I don't know. I just I thought it was an absolute grand slam first issue. Yeah, I I totally agree. When Dap brought it, to I want me, a page from it. I want that page where where you fade back and you see that Jimmy's getting the 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 the, 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 beach, the beach from uh, yeah. yeah. That's not the page. I told I Russ want. today I got dibs on that. You know what? When you're talking to him, find out how much and it, it's a spread, so it's going to be pricey. I'm guessing the spread with Bobo the bastard, the chimp clown. Okay, uh, that. Now, see, I was going to say, when Dap brought this to the table and he said, okay, it's it's a James Bond that has sired many illegitimate kids. And see, when you say James Bond, yes. then uh, my mind starts to drift and it yep. starts to wander in different directions. Mm-hmm. And because Dap enjoyed this so much, I thought, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'll read it. The... Um, Theophilus Trigger, the villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. his rant. Fuck you, Regent. Pregnancy, oh, blood, funny. abortion like for dinner. Rats, right? Yeah, but he's retarded cousin who wanks in your dreams. Fear of castration. Photo of Thatcher. Rotting child with erection holes. Molested by uncle. Like all that. I'm like, okay, he's greasing the wheels because this is foul, and and I'm getting into it now. Uh, there's a fat lady stuck in the window, and he calls her Jumbolina and, you know, kicks her out of the window. Then I see Bobo, the bastard, the chimp clown, and he's ripping people's faces off. I'm in. He's got a brain. It's a chimp clown that has a human brain, but it's in a dome. Yeah. It, it, it's in a dome above his head, and Jimmy just puts a bullet through it, and the the chimp starts to revert to his natural state, which is you know not nice but his 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 ability to reason such as it is is gone and now he just wants to destroy and it's it's more than don't think this is espionage because it's not it, it's no, a, and it's a pastiche of James Bond but like Jason said and and that before him it's filthy it's dirty it's visceral but it's not a total one note comedic take on James Bond, I'm thinking that the new gal Friday, Nancy, mm-hmm. like there's going to be a real, like she's a real character. She's not a cutout, you know, placed in here for Money Penny or, or someone else. This is going to be a real person who we need because Jimmy's world is all sex and violence. I'm going to go so far as to say, and this is if this turns out to be a spoiler, I have no inside information. She is one of his kids. 
Hmm. Hmm. It would be cool. She doesn't have his eyes, though. She, she's a plant. Yeah, it could be. She's got her mama's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> It's a yeah. good it's a good assumption. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, I could see you owning the beach page. Oh, well, need it. Try to keep it hidden from the kids though, but need it. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I purposely um the when when I emphasized Bond, I, I said exaggerated or over the top villains. You know, they, this isn't this isn't Blofeld, this isn't Goldfinger, this the this isn't Christopher Walken from View to a Kill. This is there. I mean, you have you have a dude with 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 foul Tourette's and and a fucking chimp. So yeah, so this wasn't your 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 traditional James Bond type villain. This wasn't Jaws. It was so my human but, brain. You total prick! You've shot me through my human brain. So great, right? <laughs> well, the best part of that, I don't know if you. I thought the best part of it was that he seemingly doesn't change at all. Like the human brain is shot, but he's still. Like he says, like I'm going feral, but he's still able to talk. He's still yeah, yeah but right? he, like he loses the ability to to speak. He just grunts. Oh, like, I guess that's yeah. True. There's a point okay, where yeah. he just loses it all and just yeah, uh, it's so great. Bobo is amazing. I want to see Bobo again. I hope he's not like totally dead. Yeah, but just anyway, just just kudos to 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 those guys for that for Garth and Russ it's so much fun <laughs> lick my shitty ass crack Regent <laughs> oh it's just it's so glorious <laughs> yeah I you got Dap has to get credit for this one you were right on the mark oh for sure oh thanks and I'll say that I like Russ's work better than Derek Robertson's you know what? Uh, I do too, and, and not just because I've become friendly with with the guy. Um, I, I I agree. I, I think Russ is more consistent in his line. I think he's. Uh, I think he draws women better. Uh, his panel composition is far and away superior. I, I think. I think Derek. I, and I like Derek. I don't, I don't. Yeah, me too. I don't want to convey that I don't like his art, but I think Derek is a little over the top when it comes to anatomy, especially with women. I think Russ just skirts the line. I mean, he draws women voluptuous, and, and they have some big, you know, they're they're but they're well endowed. Yeah, but it's just on the verge of being a woman you could conceivably see in real life. Yeah, I miss Olga though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Olga, Olga's my template. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to uh, check out the spread, because I want to, I, I would consider buying this. I, I already texted him. Oh, really? I did for you, baby. Uh-huh. You know how I do well, it. Well, seriously, if, if Vince, then then I'm gonna have to. There's no way two of us are getting a. Now baby. you know he only he does your it's he pencils, does tight pants. Oh yeah, I could not care less. I figured. Um, Dap, you want to do a quick catch up on Walking Dead? <laughs> what was that, Vince? I didn't say anything. You Go did, but <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, again, we don't do deep dives here. I mean, I just, I have, I, I'm just, I'm noticing my to read my red list for our our Slack and our Patreon is just getting longer and longer because yeah, please get there's the lots of dead out there. Damn. Yeah, no, I just so we don't again, we don't have to spend half hour, but I just right. uh, so I'm up through 168, or I think you are as well. Yes. Okay. So what what have you thought of this arc? Um, and before I... you get into it, let's let's. I feel like this is one of those books you always have to preempt, even though we are, by definition, a spoiler show. 
spoilers on Walking Dead. I know that's a special warning that's required for some people. Spoilers on Walking Dead. We are going to talk about what happens in recent issues of Walking Dead. So if that is something that you need to avoid, then I suggest you just fast forward about 10 minutes. Now, what's the spread here that you're talking? What, one, what? The issue well, that's, up to that's I think got 163 through 168. I, right. I, I read 166 through 168 in the last week and a half. So 163 to 168 it is. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, I think technically we're still in the middle of the arc. 168 is not the end of the arc, but. No, it's, it's, um, cause there's, cause we're after, it's we the, the whisper of whisper, the whisper. whisper right. War. Um, and then there were the, uh, the, the factions because when, um, when, when they dealt with Negan, uh, his posse kind of stayed back at the warehouse and, and, and lived life right on their own. Um, so now that the war is over, uh, and between, um, uh, Alexandria and um, Michonne on a boat and, and everybody kind of coming together uh, everybody's weaker Negan's crew is all of a sudden deciding to take what they think is, is theirs now that uh, everybody else is kind of uh, less than what they were and so so yes yeah, so I'm guessing it, it at first it felt like like an interlude or or a little bit of Breathing room before the next arc, but it seems like we're we're just right into the the follow up is is the next arc for however long it's it's going to run for. But um, the should, uh, we, should we jump right into what to the to the big thing that happens in this issue run? Yes, might as well. Okay, Andrea dies, which Dap spoiled. I did. You did. I did. I tried not to, but I, I guess I did because I didn't. I, I didn't really. I didn't, uh, bruh. <laughs> you stopped reading. I did. So don't even. I don't care. This like I know, but it's it's one of those things where because I'm not. Uh, obviously, I did not hide my 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 dislike or distaste for for her character on the show, um, since it wasn't so subtly implied uh, as far as this character in the comic who is so beloved that um, when this happened to her that that it would have for someone who hasn't read in over 60 issues uh, that um, who I was talking about I, I didn't think it all the way through that that you'd be able to pick yeah. up those clues Batman well uh, hey her and Rick were a thing yes yes okay yeah so so I think the most interesting thing about well, so Kirkman, look, this book, one of the things that makes this book special is that anyone and everyone is fair game to die. And even when, when Eugene, uh, not Eugene, um, yeah, when Eugene died, uh, like it just was a thing, right? Like, and, and what I mean is a thing is like, it's Kirkman just treated it like another day in the, in the life of the book. So I was really, fascinated by the fact that Kirkman wrote a letter to the fans about Andrea dying because I don't know that I would consider Andrea more significant per se than some of the other characters that have died over the course of the book but clearly he he did and what really or what's most fascinating about that to me 
is that the tens of millions of people that watch the TV show don't view Andrea in the same way we do, right? Because in in the TV show, Andrea is a is a stone cold bitch who ends up leaving to hang out with the governor, becomes the governor's lover, and then dies shortly thereafter. So she's of all the people in the comic and the and the TV show, she's one of the most differently portrayed. Um, so to a comic reader, her death is far more significant of an event than someone who only knows these characters through the TV show. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I wasn't personally bothered or taken aback by her dying in the way I was with some of the other characters that have died. I mean, I'd be much more upset if Michonne died or if Carl died or if Rick died. Do you agree with that, Dap? Yes. Yeah. So were you, but did you know, did you take notice of the fact that Kirkman seemingly felt compelled to write an explanation of killing her off? Oh yeah. As soon as, um, yeah, once we got to that page, uh, once you get to the end of the issue and, and cause normally almost every letters page, it's either Kirkman or the editor, um, being snarky or, 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 or joking around with, with the readers, with, with the fans, the other people who write letters to the story, to, to the comic. Um, but this was basically Kirkman just pulling up a chair and, and letting everybody know how he felt, why, why this one, uh, affects him the way it does, why it hurts the most, but it was, it, it, the issue on its own, you may have, uh, you could, depending on your connection to the character, um, you could just shrug it off and go, okay, well, that's a day in the life or was. And then now it's, you know, the, the business as usual in, in this book, but that it was capped with Kirkman's letter really hammered it home that, uh, that, that this one was big doings. And, and yeah, I would not have, um, for me, I would have expected that, that letter to happen with just about any other character. I, Cause he didn't, he didn't write anything like that for Glenn, did he? No, I don't think so. And, yeah, I, I, I said Eugene. I meant Glenn. Apologies. Um, but so even even uh, so, aside from Rick and Carl, Andrea was in the first trade, right? She was in the first six issues. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, so she is one. So she was with uh, old old dude. She was with Dale for the longest, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so it's it's right because they were. Yeah, um, yeah, it, 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 just because of my connection or, or how I feel about the character, it, it was, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's his and it's a character that, you know, he's known for so long, so he's going to feel a certain kind of way about just about every character. So, um, I, if that's how he feels, obviously he's going to let you know, but it, Based on who the character is to me, it it was a little weird to see a letter like that for her. Right, exactly. That 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 was the thing I found most fascinating. But uh, the other thing that um, and Vince, I don't think you've read the book since Negan's really been a thing, right? Right. So as we, I mean, Dap and I have talked about this, but Negan has Negan was first of all Negan was was locked up for a long time. 
Then he he came free, went to the Whisperers, killed their leader. We all thought he was going to take over as the leader of the Whisperers, but he did not. He brought her head back to Rick to prove his loyalty to Rick. And then I, I, I don't know about you, David, but I keep waiting for Negan to pull the the dark side and 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 backstab. Yep. But this issue were were again teased with that idea, and he doesn't do it again. He he Negan goes on a, a so, Negan goes on a big soliloquy about, hey, don't you all miss when I was in charge and. We had a point system, and people earned their place, and there was no nobody stepped out of line. And homeboy, Mister Ironface, is like, "Yeah, I missed that." And then fucking Negan backslaps, backslaps, <laughs> like, "You're such a bitch. You miss it." I, it's like I burned your face with an iron, and you miss that life. He's like, "No one should miss that life. This life is better." And so it's 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 truly intriguing to me the way that Negan was the most detestable character ever written in this book, and this is a book that's had a lot of detestable characters. And this is the dude that, that that you know killed one of the most beloved characters in in the series in a horrible way, and now is Kirkman is trying his damnedest to redeem this guy and make us like him. And I don't know if the end game is still to, to keep teasing the backstab and keep pulling it back so that we finally accept that he's a good guy, and then we get the backstab. But man, am I enamored with this character? I am too. It's um, and maybe that helps that um, that Jeffrey D. Morgan is doing a great job as Negan on the show. Um, but if if Negan is basically who he's always been portrayed as in the comic, then then the backstabbing is likely inevitable. It's just it's not going to happen for a while if if we're going to keep expecting it, and Kirkman knows we're expecting it. So it could be a long time before that happens, but I would not be surprised when it finally does. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised on the flip side if, if and when Rick finally is done away with, that Negan doesn't just oh, step right just, up into that. You just took my question because I was going to ask oh. you, do you think we will, we will see in say the next two years Rick die in the book? I think so. I think, I think we're at a point now where it's, it's no longer the Rick Grimes story it hasn't been for a long time, but it's it's not it's not it's not a story about Rick. So I think we're we're well established that the book, the series can continue without him. There's there's enough um because I don't I don't know how many I I know they've they've implied it's been vague. I don't know if they've actually Given us, I don't remember if they've actually given a specific number, but I mean, it's, it's been a long, especially since we end an arc and then the next arc and, you know, people of Alexandria are like rowing trees and shit. So, I mean, obviously time has passed since this whole thing has started. So, uh, even though, and people are getting older, never mind having to worry about getting bitter scratched, but they're, 
they're obviously getting older. Rick is, is handicapped. He doesn't move as good as he used, as well as he used to. Um, I can definitely see him not making it past the next couple of years. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And you heard it here first, folks. This is, if you ever want to hear Vince go silent, talk about Walking Dead. <laughs> Walking Dead and rest. No, it sounds good. It does. <laughs> it would have, if you know. And spoil for you. No. If uh, poor Glenn didn't die. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I almost walked away with Glenn dying, too. In fact, I took almost two years off of reading the book. But, um, but Vince, you, you teased that there was something you wanted to gush about. What is it? Well, it's... I could tease it for next week to have people... Oh, okay. Maybe read it. Because it's, it's going to go... Go really, really long. Oh well, then tease it then. Okay, uh, as I decided on the way back from Heroes Con, I bought a lot of books. Mm, you did, and I would like to not just feature some on the show. I would like to try and work in a way to feature them all at some point. So I said, wouldn't it be cool if I did a recurring bit? called Heroes Con Hall. And I don't have to go really deep on stuff, but just like, yeah, this is another one of the books that I got from Heroes, and this is why I love it, and I'm just going to talk about it for a little while. Uh, Because what we do, we have a habit of amassing a ton of paper, and we only talk about probably 5% of all the things we read. Sure. Yeah. So I want to just give... People who haven't attended Acon or Heroes Con, a glimpse into just how much you can take home from these things. Mm-hmm. Like if I talk about what I got for, say, 15 weeks straight, maybe five minutes one week, next week go in 20 minutes or whatever. It's like you just take a step back. It's like, holy crap, you got a lot of fuel out of that one damn show. So that's what I'm going to do. Heroes Con right. Hall. And it's going to start next week. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Dude, if you, <laughs> you let out the nastiest burp ever when we first signed on. Yes, but mine wasn't recorded. Next week, I, if, you, if you have a way to read this book, whether through um, Comixology or a digital way of reading it, or if, if you can find the issues, it's been collected in trade paperback, which is the way I read it. Uh, I am going to talk about um, Jason. Are you sitting? I am ready. All right. The Meeting of the Shadow and the Green Hornet. It's called Dark Knights. Oh it's a... Uh, Dick. Oh, I didn't think I'm going on vacation next week. It's, right? a, it's a five <laughs> issue, five issue series. It's amazing. It was, Batman Shadow number three came out this week. Though. I know. Yes. I'm going to talk about that next week too. Yes. I'll uh, talk about that with you. And and the thing is, I, I also want to talk about because it's connected to the Shadow Green Hornet. I'm not going to tell you how it's connected until we actually talk about it. I would like to also talk about the Lone Ranger Definitive Edition. Oh, nah, I mean, come on. There, There is a, both of these books dovetail. How? Well, I'm not going to tell you until next week. 
So, Shadow Green Hornet, okay. Dark Knights, from Dynamite, and the definitive Green, uh, the definitive Lone Ranger, also from Dynamite. It's it's the first twelve issues of the Lone Ranger. So if you can scare them up, I, you really don't need to read them all. Read like the first six because that's the important part. All right. Yes. You got it. You for you, I will do it. No, you won't. Dude, I will too. All right. I hate I'm telling you, you. I'm, like, telling I'm not going to do it. Shadow Green Hornet uh, is fantastic, and it's all it. Every instance in the book has a historical precedent that's true. The uh, Michael Uslan wrote it. It, it happens. In, it occurs in 1939, uh, right as the um, the United States is just about on the verge of World War II. Boom. Something happens, and it's. Oh, it's damn! It, Batman, uh, Dap already read Batman Shadow Three. Yep. Did he really? Jesus, man! Yep. You're doing your homework, player. Well, he's not even paying attention to me. But it's it's historically accurate. <laughs> Multitasking, dude. Yeah, of course. Uh, between like a some bitch too, but the. Uh, um, I hate that. The yes, I mean they were obviously along with Batman Shadow. I wasn't. Um, we were. Pretty heavy with the Batman love tonight, and I'll say not maybe not so much love. So I wasn't gonna, um, it wasn't even gonna be my inner travels. But the uh, Forger, uh, no, yeah, no, we're good. We're, we're good Forger. for a few things for next week. Absolutely, <laughs> cool. So we wrapping it up. It's up to you. All right, we're we're over three hours. So yeah, let's well, then let's, let's do our inner travels. Let's do that as usual. This uh, edition of Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by. The only place you need to know if you want to get inexpensive comic books. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, will pull your books, send you your books quickly, and pack them very well. And you don't have to leave the sanctity of your abode. It's the most beautiful thing in existence. Valiant, Divinity Number 0, will cost you $1.99. Donald and Mickey, number one from IDW, two ninety nine, and from Image, the Extremity Trade Paperback, Volume One, by Daniel Warren Johnson, eight dollars and forty nine cents. In your travels, I'm not going to wait for the guys to read this because um, it probably isn't going to happen. So I will speak on it briefly. I talked about the free Comic Book Day, SpongeBob. Freestyle Funnies from United Plankton Pictures. It's one of the best free comic It's not a hard stretch because this year's free comic book day books were not very good. But this was one of the absolute best. It is a takeoff on free comic book day. It's a free comic book day book that is a pastiche about free comic book day. In Bikini Bottom, free comic book day is called No Charge Funny Book Day. And SpongeBob just manages to mention No Charge Funny Book Day to Squidward while they're in the Krusty Krab. And this is what SpongeBob says. Squidward has no idea what No Charge Funny Book Day is. SpongeBob's explanation. 
Why, it's the day all the graphic literature shops provide gratis samples of their wares in a pathetic effort to bolster an industry which has spent the last two decades in a death spiral brought on by lethal interaction between the lack of variety and a monopolistic distribution system. Truth to power, right there. Money, power, respect. In the pages of SpongeBob SquarePants. But Mr. Krabs gets wind of it, that they're giving books away, and he's like, I want these books because I'm going to sell them and make a profit. And uh problem is, the only place they can get the free comic books, because all the other comic book stores have closed, is over the misopelagic zone. And it's fraught with danger and hijinks. And it's a whole bunch of fun. So SpongeBob Freestyle Funnies written by uh, Jay Lender. Pencils and inks by Jacob Shabbat. And Hi-Fi did the coloring. It's great. It's free. If you can scare up a nice. copy, do it. It's a lot of fun. Do it, do it, do it. Do it. So there you go. Oh. In your travels. Um Maybe next week Vince and I can team up on um uh book that he asked me to look at the art on. Oh. Yes. Did you like uh, it? Uh I'm sorry? Did you like it, yes or no? Yes. Oh yes. Then I will definitely team up with you on it. And we'll tell Jason so he can read it next week. I was gonna say, you guys keep it a secret from me. So. <laughs> We'll play you next week, bro. even though it was on uh, the, even though it was on the Slack, and he has eyes, it but it's a secret. Oh wow! Hey, I'm just mm. saying. Mm. Saucer of milk, table two. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I done uh, done got caught up on the Super Suns, and uh, number four wraps up the Kitamezo arc. The fifth issue um is by is not illustrated by Jimenez which is fine it's a um it's it definitely works um mm-hmm. it is by uh Allison Borges uh Peter Tomasi is still your writer but uh, the fifth issue I dug because the boys are grounded they um at the end of the first storyline, uh, they escape or they, they, you know, the kid is, is dealt with. Um, they're heading home or rather they're heading back to, um, to the farm. And when they're about to sneak into John's room, Lois and Alfred are both there waiting for them. Um, so the boys are grounded, uh, Alfred is basically in charge of Damien in the cave. Uh, Damien is, of course, acting like Damien. John is supposed to is is grounded by doing chores. Um, he's caught using his powers to move bales of hay. Uh, Mom and Dad aren't aren't too thrilled with that, but Mom and Dad are also telling John that they're moving to Metropolis. They're 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 leaving Hamilton, and um, Jonathan doesn't want to go, so he he heads off in a huff. And, um, makes his way to the, uh, to the Batcave where 
he and Robin kind of go at it a bit. Um, only to realize they're they're kind of more alike than it, it's a very traditional Marvel esque team up where the uh, our heroes not necessarily a misunderstanding, but our heroes fight only to uh, shake hands and and come together for the greater good by the uh, by the end of the story. But uh, Alfred tells them both a story about how Superman and Batman. May not have always gotten along, but they do see their, uh, it's, it's more beneficial to be friends. Um, there's a short conversation where, um, uh, Superman asks Batman, who do you think would win if we fought? Um, without missing a beat, Batman says, me. Superman says, but I'm stronger and I can fly. Batman's like, um, me. As Superman replies with, I think your cow is too tight. So again, you know, it's like, like father, like son. Um, but it was a, uh, it was a, not, I'm not going to call it cute, but it was, I mean, it was, but it, it's, uh, it was a fitting follow up to, uh, to at times a, a serious first arc. Um, and the art, the art's solid. I'm, I'm still, I'm really happy with the, uh, with Super Sons. And apparently, the next issue is the. Uh, it just says Teen Titans, so I don't know if they're going to try to get Jonathan into the team and into the group, or if um, it's just a, uh, it's just a guest appearance. But still digging the Super Sons. So check it out if you're not Super Sons. Uh, one, uh, one note before I do my inner travels, uh, show is also sponsored by our amazing patrons, uh, patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics. Uh, I want to, again, I'm just trying to, to clean some stuff off my list. So I'm going to quickly touch on, uh, two series before I give my inner travels love to the third. Uh, so a force wrapped up with issue number 10 and it was written by Kelly Thompson. Um, the last issue was drawn by Paolo Sequeira and Joe Bennett. Uh, I am a big fan of the series in concept. I think Kelly Thompson is an excellent writer that we're going to hear a lot more about in the coming years. But this this arc definitely felt like a situation where um, Kelly was done no favors because it was tied into Civil War 2. And... And then the book gets canceled. And I think that she was just done dirty. Um, I, I think the arc was uninspired. The first arc was a hell of a lot of fun. I think the second arc was just was caught up in the Civil War II in an unfortunate way. Um, but it's just a shame because I, I, I love the collection of characters. Uh, Medusa, She-Hulk, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Nico from the Runaways, Dazzler. Uh, I think it's, I think she's got, she, Kelly really understands all of their voices. She has you believe that they're ex- that they they are truly good friends and care about each other. Uh, I think the art was solid throughout the ten issue run, but I do think that the second arc ended on a whimper, um, so it didn't go out on a high note. Um, but again, through no fault, no, through no fault of the of the creators, I think it's in, it was it just got caught in that editorial trap of 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 you know tough spot, tough timing. Um, the the other series I just want to quickly mention is Captain America, Sam Wilson. Uh, I got caught up through issue number 21 um, in a familiar refrain. I think this book is also caught in Civil War 2 
Uh, and then now the Secret Empire traps. This book, for more than half of its existence, has been tie-ins to events. And I think it's done it no favors. Right now, Sam is running a underground railroad, literally an underground railroad, to help get persecuted uh, mutants, inhumans, uh, other other people who might be persecuted by Hydra and, and Cap now that he's in control uh, to safety. And it's just um, it's just boring, to be honest. It's just it's uh, it's Nick Spencer going too far into the political at the expense of the fact that we're reading a superhero book and it bumps me out because I, I think he got off to a good start with this. The, the first two arcs of, of the series were a pure homage to the Grunwald cap era. Um, you know, we had cap wolf, we had serpent society, we had diamond Lil. We just had a lot of great, great nods to that, that Grunwald run, which was one of my favorite runs. And now we've just gotten so caught up in the political and Hey, listen, the three of us are all very political. Um, David and I in particular are on Facebook very vocally political. So I get where Nick Spencer's coming from. I just, to me, I, I don't mind you being political in comics, but it has to, it can't be at the expense of what the book is supposed to be about on top of it. And I think he's lost his way there. Um, so my, my official in your travels, which I really do want people to go out and read, uh, whether it be by buying the trades or if you're Marvel Unlimited and you wait a few months and, and read these when they are available, um, I can't say enough good things about Spider-Woman. Uh, that, I read issues 11 through 17. Uh, it, it ends on, issue 17 is the end of the series, unfortunately. Um, this book was, for the first two arcs, drawn by, amazingly so, by Javier Rodriguez. Um, and then Veronica Fish, who David and I met at Heroes our first year, um, took over the series. And I have to t- say, I don't think the book missed a step with her. No, I think she's a very similar style, probably by design, so good choice on the editor's part. But I think her sequentials are just rock solid. I think it had the same energy, the same whimsy, uh, the same vibrant appeal in terms of, of, of the characterizations and the expressions. I think she just she killed it. I think she did a great job taking over for Rodriguez. And uh, sad to see this book go, but I think Dennis Hopeless is uh, one of those guys that... Um, Needs more recognition. He's he's just he's great at writing dialogue. I think he really does a great job of characterization. And this book ended the way it began, which is that uh, the book started with a cocktail party um, where Jessica had a cocktail party featuring a lot of the Avengers and other people. And they were getting to see her new place and trying to figure out who her baby daddy was because she was pregnant. Uh, fast forward, this the, the book ends in a wonderful uh, end cap on another cocktail party where she she throws a party to introduce all of her Avengers friends to uh, her her new love of her life, who is the porcupine. Um, nice. And I just think it's just great. It's just a feel good story. I mean, you know, the porcupine is her nanny and her 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 buddy throughout a lot of the book, and that friendship turns into love by the end, and we're left with. Jessica, and arguably the best place she's ever been. She's a success. She's a she's balancing being a mom with being a hero. Um, she's fallen in love with her best friend, uh, and and her baby's got powers. Um, I just I just thought the book was a home run from start to finish. It, it was just a wonderful balance of what comics should be: uh, action, adventure, gravitas, humor, just all well well balanced and mixed and matched in in in, in perfect form. And uh, you know, I presume that even though 17 is an odd number, 
I presume it'll be three arcs, three trades. Uh, but like I said, if, if you're not into the trades, but you have Marvel Unlimited, which I know many of you do, um, wait a few months and, uh, this will be available and, you know, don't let it pass you by just because it's, you know, quote unquote ended and we're moving on. It's, it's of all of the, the, the middling selling series that are out there. This is one of the best that I think Marvel's done, uh, over the last few years and, and should not, should not just go off into the ether. Um, it, it's, 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 it stands up to on its own and, uh, and, and, but for the market that we're in right now, I think this book could have had a nice long run. So. I love it the most. Aw. So good. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us on our very first patron-sponsored book of the month. There'll be more. Yeah, there'll be a lot more. Um, Come back because David will get all pissy. If you don't, uh, join us on our website, 11oclockcomics.com. Come to our Facebook hangout. Um, we're on the Twitters and stuff. You're just not going to get away from us. In the meantime, our next, our next goal, by the way, Vince, much to your happiness, is a sixth episode each month. I can't wait. I no, know. no, two or it's more. To you, we do we two, two or more. more. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So you say six could be seven, could be eight. That's more than I know. But if it were up to you, we'd already be doing seven or eight a month. So for real, for real. It's like, so. it's like, oh, it's I, Wednesday. We should do another episode. Stop. Hey guys, so Thursday. We are incredibly grateful to our patrons already. But if y'all keep it up, we're gonna have six or more episodes a month. Yes. In the meantime, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. say good night. I love how we do the scat now. We, meaning me. Oh, my bad. <laughs> the Vince show, Vince and Friends. <laughs> Say goodnight, David. Wait, am I doing I, I, it's one up just to you. now? You interpret or? it how it, no. That was all Good part night. of it. Oh, boy. That was all boy. I said, oh, boy. You're not, you're not scatting. There we go. I'm not going to scat. That would be too much of an indication of where you have to come in. No, I don't know. David. Mm. No. Mm. Nah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you, 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 yeah, you didn't yeah. hit it this one. Well, okay. I did kind of stretch it out. You did. I know. All right, everybody. Say goodnight. We love you so much. Come back next week. We need so you.
Thank you.